Welcome to the Making Laps Podcast. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Making Laps Podcast. I am your host, Brent Gleason. Alongside me, as usual, is my co-host and brother, Jesse Gleason. Good evening, everyone. And we have the distinguished pleasure of having on the line our Florida Connection, Senator Phil Jakes. I have no idea how we keep finding these. It's like the Tecmo Bowl version. It is. It is. It's the 8-bit version. Apologies to headphone users if that got a little harsh. I actually need this as my ringtone. Well, it's on YouTube. You can find it on there. So, that's actually pretty good. Yeah, we just <laughs> I like that. There's a peek behind Along the with us, apparently. Yes, indeed. So, this was a fun week. I got a lot of stuff on this show. I have no idea how long this one's going to be, but this might be one of our longest of the year. So, bear with us. Buckle up, buckle up. Two and a half hours, like the Jeff Burton, Dale Jr. download? No, probably. Yeah, I probably doubt it because I don't think we're going to go that far. Um, Because I don't think I can talk for two and a half hours about the same topic, much less just one and a half. Like usual. Anyway, so we usually start the episode off with personal updates. Uh, I just released my next video on uh, repairing the rear end of my race car. It's a two-part series, apparently, because yep. it took me weeks to do. Um, this video took me five days just to film. So uh, I just I just put that out. It's over at uh, my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Brent Gleason. And if you're watching us on YouTube right now, you're catching us at youtube.com slash Sid's View because we're back on YouTube for the regular short track season. And if you've not known that, then you haven't been listening, so... There's no point in me saying that. Anyway, we usually start the episode off with personal updates like usual. Now, again, I did that, and I I think, you know, I'm, I'm going through and I'm trying to double-check my work, and I'm really kind of starting to depress myself because I <laughs> I tried to string the car today, and it came, every single measurement came out screwed up, and I tried a different way of measuring it off the frame. And even those measurements, trying to parallel those, were off. So I'm like, okay, I think I'm just going to stop here while I'm already behind. Did you try a new tape measure? <laughs> I tried four Close of them. one eye and pray. I tried four of them. I just licked a thumb and went like this, and I'm like, that looks great. Send it. Yeah, I don't really know what to do. I just hope that it's you know within tolerance this time. Anyway, we're going back racing, I don't know, June 15th, or if a sponsor wants to come on board with my car, feel free to help me get to Waterford, and I'll go run a race there. That's up to you, though, because I don't have the money to do it right now. Anyway, that's all for my personal updates. Who wants to take the next one? Uh, I've, I I haven't found a certain insurance policy yet for Roger, so I'm still looking. Okay. Uh, Senator Jakes, you have the floor. I uh, you know. I actually got the the rear end fixed in the car. Um, got a new sway bar in the car, trying to get a little more turn. Um, and I got a small box of parts coming. Should be here Wednesday now. Uh, I thought it was going to be Thursday, but it looks like Wednesday. So hopefully, if I can get everything together Wednesday night and everything looks good, I'm going to take it down to practice at Citrus County on Friday. I would like to. Pay. I love the the senator's the only one that knows that it does any racing around here. 
Yeah. Yeah. No, I can only race like five times or six times, and you're just like, mm, I'm in a brown yeah. truck. Yep. Senator Jakes, the R that gives your girlfriend a D. Wait, what? <laughs> the R. The R that gives your girlfriend a D. Is that for like, R and D? You know, for you, you have two choices in political parties. R. Oh, D. I get it. You, go, we, you went that direction. I was going to say. I was. I thought it was R tard or something. Because no. I. <laughs> no, I You're called Senator Jakes no. because you have a nationwide reach. Yeah, you have a nationwide reach. It goes from the tip of Maine all the way down to the to the tip bottom of, of Florida. The Florida's reservoir tip. <laughs> tip to tip. Tip to tip. I would say just, there's a tip in Florida. Tips? Yes. Yeah, the reservoir tip of Florida. Yes. Yeah. Florida's so, well hung, I well, suppose. Um, not the people. I'm just saying the state. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I was going to say I've I've I'm not, I'm not going there. I was just going to say I. Well, have you checked them all out yet? No, I don't think he's gotten there yet. Um, so I don't I, I, I don't check out how well hung people no, in Florida just, are. <laughs> where, where are we going? I don't know. <laughs> we missed a turn somewhere. I don't know what's just, happening. We're just careening down the wrong set of tracks. We're careening down the interstate with the some. There's fire coming out of one of the windows. I don't know why. So so typical Florida. Ninety miles an hour. Don't know where you're going. Just getting there as fast as you can. On meth. Yeah, that's us. Yes. Uh, I was gonna say that I ordered parts as well, and I'm really tired of these so-called shortages. And I put giant air quotes around that. I just want to kick anyone in charge in the balls or equivalent. (laughs) <laughs> is that a good term equivalent sure all it, right we'll go with equivalent. it's all fabricated bullshit at this point i think i just want to bring harm to someone's genitalia with my foot uh <laughs> well, i'm trying to be hey PG. don't forget we got hey. we, you got a whole new you got a whole new uh whatchamacallit pandemic coming up on the horizon until oh after yeah the Ooh, monkey so pox monkey worry pox about that. like that's a thing can't wait yeah. <laughs> like that's a thing really <laughs> Monkey box? Would you watch an episode of SpongeBob and make something up? What the hell? I thought going it was on, on Family Guy or something. <laughs> uh, it's uh, monkey pox. Yeah, it sounds like a Simpsons made-up allergy or something. Yeah, great. Okay. It, it's probably going to actually be a rash, but they're going to have to do skin grafts to get rid of it. That's going to be their plan. Oh yeah, that, I'd love to see all the disfigured people. <laughs> It'd be great. Stupid. Like, oh, there's the idiot. I found it. Anyway. I think I've said that about 15 times because we just keep derailing. What do we do? Go down meth and Phil checking out dudes and monkey pox and we're not even five minutes into the show. Oh, we are. We're five minutes in. Oh, this is so gonna we're be, right on track. This is going to be great. Ah, anyway, I should bring it back on track a little bit. I should say, as you know, we here at the Making Laps podcast love a good announcer. We've had announcer debates endlessly on this show, kind of in the background. Um, but... I got word right before this show went live, basically when we were recording, that a big voice left us today, and that was the voice of Dave McClelland. He passed away today. Um, Dave was a very recognizable voice for not only the NHRA, where he started his career in the sport back in, I think, 1961 as a freelance reporter. I believe he was announcing races as far back as 1959, but that might not have been NHRA only. Um he stuck with them for a long time before doing announcing work for television, voiceover work, and et cetera for the motorsports industry for a very, very long time. Uh, thank you, 
Dave McClellan, for all the contributions that you made to the entire motorsports industry. He will be sadly missed. He's another one of those voices of my youth, you know. Yeah, yeah, definitely a landmark kind of guy. So I wanted to bring like him up. Like a Steve Evans or a Paul Page. You know, Paul Page, Bob Jenkins. Yeah, he's a very recognizable, very recognizable voice. Yeah, you think Dave McClellan, you think NHRA, yeah. you know, or vice versa. So I just wanted to bring that ben up. Ben Dodge. That's just, you know, it kind of sucks. Yeah. Uh, all right. And I also have a correction to issue. Now, I have since learned through sources that it will go unnamed that the remember we were talking about the uh, controversy between the small block super modifieds and star speedway last week yeah i learned that well someone forwarded me info that uh and all the receipts as well that apparently the speed bowl did in fact schedule their date first as star announced it on the 29th but they scheduled it on the 20 or the 11th of december last year and um I've also seen many different receipts, like I said, um, but that doesn't really matter because if you're, I guess if you're not communicating the dates between people, like Phil said before, uh, it doesn't really matter because then you're still going to have controversy. If you're going to announce a date like this, I think that tracks need to be a lot more like transparent and say, hey, here's a teaser for next year. We just scheduled this date, like right when you do it. That way you at least right. put the announcement out, even if you don't call these tracks that run these shows. There's your announcement. You know, you're kind of covering bases. But I just got word that they'd scheduled it first. And I'm like, I figured I'd just issue the, you know, correction. But, again, doesn't really yeah. change the fact that nobody really communicated a heck of a lot about it. So it did get lost in the weeds and confusion reigned. And they stepped on each other's feet. That's uh. kind of why I didn't want to point blame directly at anybody in, in particular. Just everybody needs to communicate, like, no matter what. If your track is within five hours of another track, that's within driving distance for a lot of teams. Right. And because a lot of these teams are going to be right in the middle. So it's two and a half hours either way. You got to communicate because you're hurting the fans. Yeah. And I don't know any other track that runs them, runs 350 Supers on a weekly basis other than Star. I don't know if there are any. And yeah. they don't run so. them weekly. They run them kind of bi-weekly, but that doesn't really matter. So. so to stop, you know, any scheduling snafus in the future, just be a little more transparent. That's all. Even whoever just posting a phone call. Yeah, make a phone call, make an announcement. Whoever the party is, that's. I mean, you know, they might not no. have even known. So who knows? Who, who they might have thought that it was just a tour. No one knows so. what's going on, and it's all a bunch of good popcorn reading material. It was. We'll find out later on in the show. We're going to have plenty of of good uh, popcorn reading banter. We can start some popcorn reading off because we usually start this as the second segment, but we're going to do it third because I had a couple other things to do. But we can go directly into this week's Darf comment of the week if oh. we have the music for it, but I don't know. Yes, we do. We'll never get rid of this music. It's time for this week's Darf comment of the week. I didn't even get to really look for him this week. I just took one you gave me and I'm like, good enough. <laughs> we can kill them with science this week instead. <laughs> so again, this one was sent to me by Phil. And again, if you'd like to uh, submit your Darf comments of the week, tag me on Twitter or tag Phil on Twitter or something. Just do Please it. Please submit some. I got better things to do than surf Twitter all day. Yeah, I'm just argue with idiots. I usually end up missing looking for these because I end up doing other things and then I just forget about it and check it like 10 minutes before the show. And I'm like, oh, I need one. 
Like last week's was kind of lame, so this week we got to make up for it, but it yeah. probably isn't gonna. God, please bestoweth on me, stupid person. Well, I kind of baited this person into making this comment too. Yeah, but it's a good thing that I can at least go run through them well, with science and now debunk you're a their idiocy. <laughs> so now he's a producer, so that's good. That's good. Phil's now <laughs> I a got producer. elevated. All right. Yes, your on-air talent from and producer. And senator. And senator. I, I don't know where the word talent fits in there. Well, they just give that as a blanket term to anyone whose face is on screen. So, so Somewhere gotcha. between producer and after senator. It's alphabetical. What about somewhere like, between producer and floor mopper? I was going to say, if he's in showbiz, I was going to say, and somewhere in that line is sexual assault victim, but we'll gloss over that. Fluffer. Uh, That's a yeah. fluffer. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to say it. Okay, so this Darf comment of the week comes from someone who's from, definitely from the South. Obviously from the <laughs> South, because their Twitter handle is... Um, their name on Twitter, I should say, I think is National Champs Georgia Bulldogs, which is oh, yeah. definitely not Oof. your name unless you live in a trailer in Georgia. <laughs> and those you get two middle names, I guess. I don't know. Uh, Crossing on to the one year the Bulldogs have been recently uh, relevant. Yeah, for one year. I love all these people that attach themselves and their whole entire identities into college sports and they've never even seen a college classroom. <laughs> Or never even went to that school. I, <laughs> they I never even went to a party here. there. I have a friend down here that is the most diehard Gators fan I've ever met. He's never went to that school. His daughters went to FSU. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> state. Uh, ha ha, state. At <laughs> least they went to school. Jeez. And he had to pay for it. Yeah. Well, that's his own stupid fault. <laughs> anyway... <laughs> Well, at least he's paying in-state tuition. So this guy, this guy's Twitter handle, by the way, if you want to call him an idiot, is at Dirt Track Dog D A W G, which is even more special. Uh, Eleven, so D I R T T R A C K D A W G, one one. He's definitely from Georgia. He's a dumbass. All right, let's go. That's all they have in Georgia. So they were talking about what tire problems in the All Star race, or even all season. To be honest, don't even get me started on that topic. Okay, so this guy comes up with this idea, which is absolutely genius. Okay, here it is. He's solved the tire issue just by mentioning this. He says the problem is trying to run a style of tire designed for fifteen hundred pound cars on three thousand pound cars. Absorb that for a minute. Show me a race car that's 1,500 pounds. Yes, number one. That, let's do that. that. Runs as, it's called a midget, even in, and it's even a dirt track IMSA. midget. <laughs> like, I looked it car. up just out of curiosity. IMSA cars, where these wheels and tires and hubs and all this came from, are basically 3,000 pounds. They're 2,975. Yeah, Has, I agree with you. Yeah, that's... I have the elephant in the room, if I can call back last week's episode. Uh has anybody ever known something called aerodynamics and downforce? When you use or, these, or lateral when you, load. Yes, it's <laughs> also known as the Joey Logano drinking game. No, 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 no. Not in that sense. Not in that sense. When you, th- <laughs> he's trying to say that these lower profile tires were meant to be run on fifteen hundred pound cars, like Indy cars, like stuff like that. Is that what he's he's in, he's inferring that that's what it is, right? How much does an Indy car even weigh? 
It's somewhere around eighteen to two thousand, I think. Probably two thousand twenty two hundred. I don't know. It's 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 more than fifteen hundred pounds. I'm fairly certain. Yeah, he's grasping at straws really bad. So he's saying that this is why they're having tire failures because they quote unquote designed it to run on the Indy car and put them on a NASCAR Cup car, and it's like no, that's not how that works. Because I didn't know Goodyear designed Indy car tires. They don't. Firestone does. Um, Not for a while, anyway. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, this guy doesn't understand the concept of aerodynamics and downforce. How much downforce does an Indy car put down at speed? <sighs> About ten times more than a all cup car. Of it. Yeah, <laughs> all the downforce. Yeah, they all the they downforce. weigh like what eight, nine, ten thousand pounds in a corner with how much downforce they have. Yeah, I was gonna say about you know nine thousand pounds of downforce. Yeah. Uh, because they're going 200 plus miles an hour and they have all the downforce in the world that they don't leave the racetrack. Right. So tell me how that load is less than what a cup car does. Uh, I don't know. They, I mean, they load differently, obviously. Well, yeah. But the suspensions are designed differently. They, all of the failures come down 100% to the teams. End of discussion. It is. We aren't even, nobody in this panel is blaming Goodyear for these problems because a lot of people aren't having these problems. It's the teams that are pushing cam, uh, camber and tire pressures a that lot are of having the, teams, the problems. A lot of the teams are the the ones that are having these tire problems are the ones that are out front. It's so the same teams it's every week, related. too. Yeah. So, Gibbs yeah, they're is the out biggest front. defender. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, here's the thing. You know, GM sells a crate engine and tells you not to rev it above 5,800. Where are guys revving them? 62. 62 to 6,400, and they're pulling valve studs out, or rocker studs, I mean. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> it's their own stupid fault. GM said not to rev it that high, and you did. These guys are told not to mess with tires, and they are. So it's their own stupid fault. And no, I mean, seriously, this guy honestly thinks that Goodyear or tire companies design tires for a totally different series and then runs them on a different series or it's like 1980s technology or something how (laughs) this goes back to our discussion yet again on whether or not motorsports fans are the dumbest ones they really are well i'm starting to lean that way and i don't want to but i have to (laughs) unfortunately you have a group of fans the old school group of fans that understand the sport paid attention to the details and a lot of us are racers and then you have these tv fans that are surfing through the channels looking for reality tv shows big brother what whatever the hell's on you mean the people that nascar is actually trying to bring in i don't think there's a lot of dumb fans i just think that stupid people just are the loudest Oh no no no! There's there's a fuck no, ton there's both. of dumb fans. <laughs> I think there's oh, both. Oh fuck! Ton. They're mostly loudest ones. Usually, Brian Murphy and I, our oh, buddy Brian, boy, that poor guy. We, we've had this we've had this discussion multiple times. We call them reality TV fans for a reason, because they think that restrictor plate racing is what you're going to see at every single track. Well, that's what they want, isn't it? it? But there's no physical way. Think. And the racing how, is how the hell did I put this to that. someone the other day? If you take 40 bowling balls and roll them down an incline, release them all at the exact same time, the heaviest one, because they're not all exactly the same, is going to end up down the hill first, right? Yeah, basically. Even That's if it's the an, same effect. Even if it's an ounce more heavy. There's no single car or two cars in that field that are exactly identical. If you have a long enough run, it's going to string out. Yep. 
That's racing. Yeah, that is. is. That's how racing works. The yeah. fastest car will get to the front if it has enough time. Well, yeah, that's how it works. But there's also intent in what they want. You know, they keep. That's why why you think they have all the PJ one and why they. Flat foot. Had the phantom the, caution at the end of the race last flat this foot, week. Yeah, flat foot everything <laughs> around the, every. You have to flat foot it the whole way around the track and blah 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 blah. NASCAR has openly admitted now that uh, they used to throw cautions for entertainment purposes. Yeah, this is now sports entertainment. This is not. Uh, yeah, we've been given the old Vince McMahon quote here at least the last few months, right? Especially when uh, uh, I'm trying to call back to when I said it, but it was uh, Marcus Smith said something about sports entertainment. Yeah, that, I think that was like three or four weeks ago, maybe. Yeah. But I, I don't think NASCAR intentionally throws yellows anymore like they used to. I think they just straight up screwed up this week. I mean, we'll talk about that <laughs> whole debacle later. No, they but didn't. They did La- it on purpose. La- Larry Mack went on record as saying that he was told directly that they used to do that by a, a Toyota executive. Well, and yeah, you, that you, the, the manufacturers made sure it got put to a stop because they were threatening to pull out. Nah, it was a bunch of crap because what, what makes you think that they wouldn't perfect it and try to refine it, you know? His name is know, Vince I, McMahon. Vince I haven't, have any more I haven't seen you. any egregious yellow flags like stupid yellow flags in a long long time until last night uh there's the ones that where the tires roll across the infield and they, they have don't. to that's a safety and that's they, a safety yeah but issue. they didn't throw the yellow until after all the pit stops were completed well and that's, that's another the same thing that was that's the same again thing. that's that's another thing that was brought up by them discussing it during the or after the race yesterday that situation was different because pit stops had already started and they didn't want to affect the outcome of the race. That's so they, they that's waited. affecting the outcome of the race because it's a safety issue. But <laughs> you have to throw their, the yellow. That was their matter. reasoning. And that reasoning does, if you think about it, make sense the way they were trying to do it. But it wasn't the right thing to do. I agree with you. It wasn't the right thing to do. Yeah. But that's what they were trying to do. They were trying to avoid doing what they had done in the past. But in turn did what they did in the past yeah yeah i could go phil like three four different hours of why i think nascar is screwing up but we'll get to that later because right now it is story time oh Oh, boy now i've got something for all of you because this is gonna be fun oh wait yes i think we gotta do the, the theme song don't we have a theme song for this thing not that mute. Okay. No, that's later for NASCAR talk. Don't we, have a, don't we have a theme song for story time? I thought we worked. At, yeah, didn't. I thought you I wanted we, this one. No, no, no. That's for when I'm talking. We got to do this for. <laughs> oh, for when you're talking? Yeah. Oh, well, I, now I. Yeah, we got the theme song, too. It's story time, kids. This is a new. I don't know if this is going to really be a new segment or not, but. Um, it's. Where can you go when is this sky death the gray, the sun always shines and the animals play where every He's day not is a happy Kill the rhino. <laughs> what a what an awesome movie. I'm Rainbow Epping Randolph. So anyway, this is story time where we find the biggest Let's turn that down a bit. Where we find the biggest amount of drama that we can possibly find and lay the entire thing out for you. 
in its entire form. I have no idea if we're going to do this again because I I haven't seen anything this wild in a long time. So it's story time. All right. Now, I got to bring it up because I believe there are like I had to go and I made sure that I screen capped every single piece of this because I didn't know if it was going to stay or not. So I have on my phone 12 pages of screen capped goodness from this Facebook post from Adirondack International Speedway. Now, this is up in New York. Okay. Is it upstate New York? Oh, this- Anywhere, yes. no- <laughs> I f- I hate the term upstate New York. <laughs> I know you know why, and you do too. I guarantee I know. it. No, I do too. Because- you know why? Because it's a term from every single person in New York City, and New York City is one of the most southernmost. Well, points. it is the southern tip. Is it the southern tip of it New York? Is the I didn't know tip. if I didn't know if anywhere on the Long Island. Got you don't down get any far. further south than New York City. Okay, so <laughs> so anything north of New York City. Yeah. is upstate New York. Because across the river is New Jersey. <laughs> Which is <laughs> it, you know? upstate New York, to yeah. anybody who doesn't know, is literally all of New York. <laughs> That's not Long Island or New York City. So why Long they Island just... is Long Island. New York yeah. City is New York City, and it's, it's five boroughs. Yeah. And then there's upstate New York, which, which is, is literally all of New York. York. <laughs> <laughs> not kidding. All right, I know a lot of people are just like nodding along, like, "Yep, that's exactly what it is." Right, because New York is stupid. Yeah, well, <laughs> we're right next to them, so how like much New worse Jersey. are we? Anyway, all right. So this post goes wild. Okay, I had no idea about what was going on with this race track because I don't know. I don't live there, but anybody familiar with the story knows what's going on. I don't know, but this is going to paint you a picture. Okay, so this is a Facebook post on their actual racetrack page. From Anirodect Speedway. Sit back, kids, because I've got a story to tell. Now, where is Anirodect Speedway? I don't know. It's upstate New York somewhere. <laughs> In nicer New York. It's nicer New York. I don't really know. In South Canada. Yeah. <laughs> it's in the Adirondacks. Is it in the Berkshires? <laughs> no, I think it's the Adirondacks. I don't know. Yeah. I have no idea. Uh, New whatever. Bremen, New York. Where the hell is New Bremen, New York? I don't know. It must be upstate. Way up there. No Isn't more, it right on the Vermont line? No more no more New York jokes or upstate jokes, I mean. Okay. <laughs> it's Adirondack International. Ain't further Speedway. north they're having maple syrup. From real <laughs> They probably place. have it anyway. It says it's not found. Oh, whatever. It's try inter- Adirondack International or go to their Facebook page. The pay- the Facebook page is actually still up. I was surprised. But I screen capped it anyway. So as Jesse looks for that. I'll give you this story, all right? We'll we'll shoehorn it in. Go ahead. All right. So, I will quote this directly. Quote, in an effort to... Sit back, kids, please. This is going to take a while. (laughs) This is why you listen to podcasts. It's to listen to people talk and tell you stories. So, please, sit back and enjoy this because this is going to be good. Let's go. Okay. Get on with the chlorophyll. And I quote, in an effort to bring... the uh, in an effort to end the rumors, I'm sorry, and totally false statements being made by Paul Lindaker, previous owner, currently in foreclosure. That's a good start. And his engaged minions that are being used to promote ill will and falsehoods towards the new owners and contracted entities. We would like to give a brief explanation of the events leading up to this moment. 
Oops. Hang on. There we go. One year ago, Paul Lindaker, I hope I'm pronouncing his name correctly, entered into a purchase agreement with the new owners. After the first several months and tons of money spent to uh, work and contracted to repair the infrastructure and make improvements, Mr. Lindaker tried his famous back shuffle to get rid of the owners and keep their money. This was not his first duplicitous attempt to defraud and mislead buyers. To all the people that have been defrauded and used by him over the years for services and money, he has always agreed to repay or make good on, and never did. You will fully understand what the owners are going through. Paul Indaker failed to inform the out-of-state buyers that he was in tax foreclosure and mortgage foreclosure. His plan was to take as much as he could and deal with the fallout, hopefully after the people walked away out of disgust or embarrassment. A county official advised the purchasers that the property was tied up with insurmountable liens and tax issues and advised them to do extreme due diligence to establish the status of the Adirondack Speedway after meeting with all government officials at the track. By the time the purchasers were advised of the property status, the entire 2022 season was booked and contracts were in play and Mr. Lindaker was hoping to reap all the benefits and profits of the work done by the new owners. Paul Lindaker had no intention of going through with the sale and continues to mislead and use the knowledge and financial resources of the new owners. This sounds weird, doesn't it? It sounds kind of familiar in some certain ways. Anyway, moving on. Under the... It's not exactly the same, but it just sounds familiar. Anyway, under the sales contract, Paul Lindaker was to remain off the property and not engage in any actions that would impact the property. He cannot book events or borrow against the property. He cannot enter into contracts on behalf of the uh, Speedway. Enter Eric Young IV, a promoter that was unscrupulous and uh, refused to provide the facility with the required permits and insurance to hold an event at the Speedway. He was a fly-by-the-seat-of-your-pants promoter to fit the mold of what Paul Lindaker needed to rape the land and property for financial gain with no recourse. Ooh, some appropriate music. That is when the new owners discovered that a death occurred and several accidents had occurred during Young's events. Well, that hit the poster. Did you hear that? Oh, yeah. That's pretty good. Even after the DEC and County of Lewis issued a cease-and-desist order, Eric Young and Paul Lindaker refused to stop the illegal events. And the death occurred. Legal action is being uh, pending against the Speedway. Hang on a second. I lost my spot there. I'm sorry. The Speedway, which is located uh, a little bit east of Watertown and uh, across the river from Kingston, Ontario, which is north. So legal action is pending against the Speedway. I'm sorry. I stepped on you there. but (laughs) It's literally north of Syracuse. Oh, okay. And Eric and Rome. And these two individuals, and at the end of this post, will be the attorneys named and contacted, blah, blah, blah. The new owners demanded that certificates of insurance naming the facility as an additionally insured for the events by Eric Young, and he refused, and they asked him to leave the property last summer and canceled the events. He proceeded to leave the track office and drove to the entrance of the park with his seven bodyguards, quote unquote that attended the meeting with him and put out a blurb on Facebook that he was canceling again. But what he refused to tell the event participants was that he was canceled for lack of obtaining the required permits for the county and proper insurance to protect the property and persons if any injuries occurred. This can all be verified through the Parks and Rec Department of the County of Lewis. Here's where it gets a little better. 
Not to mention the illegal... Now, there's where it gets a little better. Not to mention the illegal sale or use of drugs by his staff and the state of undress of his security people and their girlfriends at the entrance of the Speedway during check-in at the illegal events and the vulgarity that all participants were subject to as they entered the park. Sounds like the old speedball. (laughs) Oh, terrible look and reputation for the Speedway at the hands of this wannabe, quote, mud event. I'm guessing they had one of those off-roader mud. Is that with 1D or 2D? Yeah, like Trucks Gone Wild or something like that. Yeah, that's a Florida thing. Um, Hey, those are fantastic. I heard they're fun. The new owners had met with Randy Oakley and Peter Lockwood last June 2021, and arrangements and plans moved forward for a major event this summer at the track known as Trucks Gone Wild. See? All right. So... (laughs) What? The debauchery. Imagine the debauchery. (laughs) Anyway, however, due to the tort... What the hell word is this? Tortious? That word has popped up a couple times recently. With it happened last. That's the toilet paper Bush. word of the day, or something. What the Kurt, hell? Is Kurt Bush's Tors- announcement. Tortious? What the hell? I've never seen this word in my life, and I went to. Eng- it sounds pedantic. I literally yeah. took English in college multiple times, so I don't. I've never seen this word due to that, the whatever that- this guy said. The turtleness. It's Due stupid. to the tortoise inference of Eric Young and Paul Lindaker, the event has been canceled and will not happen this season. No trucks gone wild. There will be no events this summer. Eric Young is attempting to convince his followers, quote unquote, that there will be a mud event in July 2022. Followers like a like a cult, I guess. There will not be such a any such event. The foreclosure will be perfected by the current mortgage holder. Uh, Perfected. Anyway, and no events will take place. The mortgage holder holds almost a $2 million lien that was given to him by the courts before COVID hit. Due to the mandate to stop all foreclosures, nothing could proceed until this past month. The foreclosure is pending, and the case number is as follows. For anybody interested, I'm not reading it. Paul Lindaker has... uh, Let's see here. Really doesn't... Oh, you can log on to this this state website for New York and view the entire case and watch the foreclosure process unfold. You can also view the dozens of lawsuits and liens against Paul Lindaker and see all the lawsuits he is involved in and who he has tried to defraud. Didn't we have an episode where we went through someone's legal files and, and posted all that stuff? Uh, yeah, kind of. I think we did I don't that. think he had like seven bodyguards with him, though. What about like topless Jerseyites yelling and f- swearing at people? <laughs> I don't know about that either. <laughs> he didn't have minions at his control and doing illicit drugs. <laughs> Not in the open. Oh, okay. <laughs> they think behind closed doors, maybe. The story. The story continues. Stupid. Paul Lindaker has engaged Kathy Hubbard, Samuel Yancey, and Joan Shiler to aid him in intimidating Orson Yancey, the current mortgage holder. Okay, at least they told the picture for us. I have no idea who these people are. They drove to his home in New Hampshire in a, in an attempt at intimida- or at intimidation to forego the mortgage because they are related. The police were notified and all... Yeah, they tried to go up to this guy's house and strong arm him. Um, his own family, too. <laughs> the police were... 
That Thanksgiving uh, dinner is going to be awkward. Oh, that's going to be weird. The police were notified, and all four individuals were intercepted prior to attempting to force their visit and intimidation upon Orson Yancey. They were escorted to the state line and advised if they returned, they would be arrested and charged. So the police caught them before then. Somebody ratted them out. Anyway, um, just as a side note, the mortgage holder is the nephew of Paul Lindaker. So, yeah, family. Uh, a copy of the police report is available, but... It is requested that the address remain private for the protection of the mortgage holder and his family. Paul Indaker has no moral compass. He has used and bilked millions of dollars from relatives and friends trying to open the Adirondack Speedway and very little of his own money, if any at all, since 2000. He has defrauded drivers and vendors alike, entered into contracts with no intention to make any of them good. Where they're on a roll. You, sir, can off. (laughs) (laughs) There you go, Sid. He has lied to potential investors to obtain funds knowing full well he never intended to pay them back. He has made death threats and has attempted to run over several people after heated discussions of money owed. (laughs) Told you this would get better. Uh, Dozens of affidavits from friends and family members show how he took their money and left them with nothing except a bunch of empty promises. And some of them were directly related, and he did not care. His only goal was to satisfy his own ego. He has made open threats in front of employees and local business people, including Eric Young, that the new owner should have a bullet put through her head and dumped in the swamp. Go ahead. Make my day. He has asked employees if they knew of any place he could get a gun. I got one for you. It's called a gun store, stupid. Well, there's other sports besides hunting, you know. <laughs> the most dangerous game of all, right, Jess? Man. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Uh, in a formal statement from an employee, he laughed as he made these remarks, and he was so left so uneasy that a call was placed immediately to the new owners, and the scenario was relayed and they were advised to seek police protection from the vile temper of Paul Lindaker. Listen to the story they're painting of this guy. There's something schooly around here. He lies to everybody and will say anything to obtain funds or aid in his illegal schemes and plans to hang on to a piece of land that is foreclosed on. He has threatened to demolish everything and said that when he gets done with a bulldozer... Nothing will be left to buy. What's he invoking his personal Marvin Heemeyer? Someone took creative creative writing classes. Yeah, I'm impressed here, Adirondack Speedway Facebook team. Uh, he has sold assets without permission from the court or mortgage holder that did not belong to the mortgage lender and the track. The only thing Paul did not count on is the tenacity of the new owner's They are not going to be intimidated or lose any money at the hands of Paul Lindaker. He has attempted to spread lies and hatred and stories, every single word being a lie. I'm reading this verbatim, by the way. I'm not making any of this up. No, this is word for word. This is in quotations. You haven't end quoted yet. Yeah, this is still started with. We started with quote. This is not my end quoted yet. This is not my opinion. Do not send your bodyguards at me. (laughs) Or their topless jerseys. Still up on Facebook. It is still up, actually. I'm actually shocked at that. He doesn't have control over it. That's why. Um, In his attempt to take the spotlight off of him, what Paul Indaker refuses to understand is he is the one in foreclosure, and he is all of his own doing. 
Nobody took anything from him. He lost it in his own greed. When the buyers became aware of this subterfuge, they went directly <laughs> subterfuge, nice, Ooh, directly Jesus. to the mortgage holder. <laughs> Boy, they really broke the thesaurus out for this one. Oh yeah, <laughs> smoking. Yeah, tortoises and and subterfuges. <laughs> it sounds like the belly of a submarine. <laughs> what it, the hell is it's this? It's like the mess hall in a submarine. Yeah, yeah. it sounds about right. Um, they agreed to purchase uh, from the mortgage holder last September. As soon as the mandate was lifted. Uh, probably COVID mandate, they could po- uh, proceed with its uh, foreclosure. The IT that will be handling the social media platforms went live on Monday as the foreclosure is now proceeding. Yeah, I had no idea. They kind of messed that up, but whatever. I got through it. Schedules for 2023 and 2024 are being negotiated now. See how far in advance they're actually working on this? As soon as the foreclosure is completed, which will be very soon, repairs will continue and the track will be changing names to get away from the terrible reputation that has been earned by Paul Lindaker. The attorney for the mortgage holder that has sent the letters to the court to all people that do business with Paul Lindaker or his quote-unquote businesses, advising them to send all funds to the mortgage holder directly to satisfy whatever part of the debt that can be satisfied. However, Paul Lindaker uses other people to obtain funds and cash checks to circumvent the court order. He uses the friendships and knowledge of people he has dealt with over the years to aid his deception. He continues his practices of deception even though he knows he no longer owns the properties and they are being sold to satisfy his debt. He continues to engage people to do business with him under false pretenses because he lies about his standing with the foreclosure process. Paul is on title only until the court removes him to close the foreclosure process, period. His deception is only an attempt to borrow money knowing the track is gone and he will never pay a dime of it back. (laughs) There we go. Continue. And the other entities Paul Lindaker uses to generate income are also part of the collateral that belongs to the mortgage holder. But Paul Lindaker continues to sell, hide, and dispose of in illegal ways all assets and equipment that secured the track mortgage. So hopefully all will come together and we will have great things to to relay about the future of the track. And we ask you all again to support the track and the changes coming. And to the nasty comments that have been posted in support of the lies of Eric Young and Paul Lindaker on Facebook, don't address these people. They were deleted immediately, and you will be banned from all pages. Mm. Phil knows what it's like to be banned from track Facebook pages. They I were... still have no idea why I'm banned from the Thompson page. No freaking clue. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, no idea. I caution you that this is a business, and your negative uh, attitudes affect many aspects of the daily runnings of this sort of business. That's true. Being out of state is a challenge, and until a manager is hired, the social media aspect will only will be as posts only. As we stated before, watch the website and Facebook for all updates, and if you have any suggestions for the renaming of the facility, please send them along when the contest is posted for submissions. Hey, they're going to have a contest. Shit show Motor Speedway. Okay, they're saying they got some law firm handling the foreclosure. This attorney's leading the case. Just know the court filings, and you'll have all knowledge you need to make the decisions that the man, Paul Lindaker, truly is. 
it's the opinion of this IT guy that he is a narcissist with a side of psychopath thrown in. Just saying. This guy definitely doesn't get paid as much as he spent on college. Uh, I have programmed the new Facebook and websites not to accept any posts until we are through with the foreclosure and removal of Paul Lindaker. This will not play out in in social media and, as he said, she said drama. Please refrain from messaging and follow the posts. As soon as we have good news, uh, we will report it. We will keep you advised of all planned events and what they have coming in the works for the next three years. Uh, let's see. By some chance, blah, blah, blah. Okay, it's talking about insurance here. It says uh, the bottom line is that without insurance and something happens like it has in the last two years, a death and serious injuries, there is nothing to help with the medical or issues that come up with you. And Paul Lindaker knows this. Right back at him. Eric Young knows this. They have no regard for you or concern for you as a participant or spectator. All they care about is the money. Your safety is not their priority, and they could care less if there is another accident. This is the behavior that has given these events the reputation they have. They are unwelcome in town, and none of the events to date have ever had legal permit or insurance. Do not play into any of their plans for non-sanctioned, uninsured, non-permitted events. Our number one concern will be the public and attendance or attendees at any event at the park. Our goal is to make <clears throat> excuse me, make this place or make this a place for the entire community to come together and enjoy a myriad of events that will be conducted legally and have your best interest as our number one goal. Sincerely, Jamie and Brooke, your social media gurus and IT techs. End quote. So, so a post about a narcissist written by a narcissist. Correct. But this narcissist didn't try to run people over with their car and had jerseyites and bounce, bouncers and security and, and henchmen and illegal drugs. and. <laughs> I, I appreciate this post. Because every once in a while you got to call someone out on their shit, but this was a nuke. In the meantime, don't prop yourself up. I programmed Facebook, really, idiot. Anybody can do. I excluded this guy from the Facebook. He's he's definitely an IT guy. He's so full of himself. Yeah, you. Congrats, you make. You make a decent salary that you'll pay your. College He'll pay his college off, off and, by the age of 65. Yeah, don't worry. By the time you retire, you'll finally be out of debt. So have fun. Well, that was fun. What in the fuck? <laughs> that was fun. So that was story time this week, kids. Yeah. Side question. These these upgrades and renovations that they're talking about, is that going to be to complete the racetrack? Have you ever looked at the place on Google Earth? Is it one of those places that doesn't have a wall? No, there's, there's this little egg-shaped whatever maybe a quarter mile i don't know it looks like it's a ton ton of fun to drive but it looks like there's a half mile that they either started building and didn't finish or it was there and they decided to tear it down for whatever reason hmm. so it was like a track within a track type of deal like an yeah. ever, like an evergreen or irwindale or something like that I, evergreen right. would be the best comparison to me oh okay so no, I haven't seen it from the sky, but I figured there was enough drama there sprinkled in and a bunch of uh big words for us to use. The big the big words is just 
What are you How doing? You're talking to Circle talking Track for? fans. They don't <laughs> understand this ten shit. <laughs> How long was that? Like 10 or 15 minutes? About a 10-minute segment. I put stank on that. I need more water. Good grief. Jesse, Jesse started playing that song at the end, and I thought Stafford was about to start. Well, we're almost into Stafford. Oh, the, we got uh, a couple more things to cover. Eye in the Sky I, by the... Uh, uh, yeah, I think that Alan I don't Parsons project. That was Parsons project. I don't remember if that's a street stock song or the uh, the SK Light song. It's one it's of them. one of those two. Yeah, that's the yeah, that's the Eye in the Sky from the Alan Parsons project. I was I was getting yeah, all it's excited. Like the only like, song that they ever made, and it's a stadium anthem. Yeah, I was like, at least they get a Nick lot. What's Nick Covey of... gonna break this week? <sighs> well, or you'll get, find out. <laughs> or it. lose a tire. Poor Nick. He's Poor had Nick. no Poor luck. Nick. <laughs> yeah. Poor Nick. Oh, so how'd you like story time, kids? I thought that was pretty fun. I that don't know was, how many times I'm going to do that, but that was way too epic to pass up. That's Speedbowl Adirondack. We have to credit Jesse <laughs> with finding that one because he is the one who sent that to me. And I was I like, did a thing on social media. Yay. <laughs> he did a thing <laughs> the on FaceTube. The one time Jesse opened his Facebook in 13 years. He <laughs> opened up his FaceTube, and this post from Adirondack Speedway was on, so he checked it. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. I, f- I forgot that track even existed. Uh, I'm just glad it does. I want to kind of go I, now. Me too. I've, physi- <laughs> I've physically go. driven by it going oh, yeah. up. I forget. We were going to a family thing way up in the top the top mm, of New York. See? Was it upstate something. New York? Yeah, upstate New York. <laughs> see? But, like, I've driven by the sign and the entry, and that's it. I don't mm. know anything about that track other than that. See? Senator Jake's Nationwide Reach. Yep. So No, I just used to make my parents drive by any racetrack they could i think we all did yeah i tried to they just go in the place (laughs) they wouldn't all right so um so that was fun all right i'm not gonna follow that story i don't really care the drama was worth it enough for me that we'll keep you posted oh you're gonna keep an eye on it we'll all have to Okay. okay well I don't know if we should make that an award for dramatist of the year, or at that's least a nom- that's a nominee. That's a nominee so far. Yeah. All right. Yeah, so I'll list them. A nominee. I'll list them as a nominee. So we'll have to put that in there. Right. I have some good news. Seekonk Speedway put out a word or a message the other day that says that they are going to increase their purse structure and their point fund oh, for the nice. 2022 NASCAR Saturday short track season. They said in the middle of a difficult time in racing economics, including increased tire and fuel costs, along with the increases in daily life cost, Seekonk Speedway is happy to assist teams by increasing the purse to help them to the track each week to showcase some of the best racing to our race fans. Uh, I believe they're going to increase the purse by, I'm trying to see if it's the point fund by 15th. It's just kind of hard to figure out right now. I'm just trying to see it here. So. All right, the so, Vendetti family is fantastic. Oh, yeah. This is something that I think is going to bring them a lot of really good press, especially if uh, people actually put it out there like we are. So um, yeah. I think they've got, let's see, it says Seekonk Speedway is also excited to welcome $30,000 in point fund payouts. Okay, so they got cool. an extra like fifteen grand going into the regular shows. So um in the pro- I really wish they were on flow because they're a NASCAR track. It would be wonderful to have that place on flow. That would be great. Yeah. I, that's the first track I ever went to. I started going there in 1991 when I was six years old. And it kills me that I never got to race there. But with Thompson so close to me, it, it just made sense. But that place is unbelievable. The Vendettis. Oh, here we go. They, they run a great place. And 
I've never gone there and left disappointed except for a rain out. I wanted to go this upcoming weekend because I actually have Saturday off, so it'd be easy for me to get there. But it's Memorial Day Thrill Show, and I'm like, damn it, I wanted to watch actual racing. So The thrill shows there are pretty fun with the ramps and the figure eight. I do like it, but I know I wanted to watch racing, so I'm, I'm probably going to have to come at some other time. Um, so, all right, they did the $30,000 extra in, or in uh, point fund payouts spread across four NASCAR divisions. Uh Pro stock point fund for the top ten finishers will be nearly fifteen grand. Uh, late models, it's going to be over seven. Sportsmen, sport trucks are going to see four. Pro stock champions going to walk away with five thousand uh, dollars. Late model champion gets twenty five hundred bucks. Sportsman champion gets eleven hundred. Sport truck gets a, le- a grand. Um, one one thing to add to the pro stock thing, I believe the state champion from NASCAR also gets five grand, so they're essentially going to get ten grand. Yeah, because they're the only track in Massachusetts, yeah. and they are a NASCAR track, so they're going to get the NASCAR money on top of that. So, so Dave Darling's going to get ten grand. Right, he's going to get ten grand. Um, it says already set as one of the top weekly one, division one purses in New England. A 40, 40 lap pro stock feature pays fifteen hundred bucks to win right now. Purse is like eight grand. What they upped it to was about ten thousand three hundred. The winner's going to get seventeen fifty now, and that's going to increase the other guys behind them as well. The seventy five lap. Go ahead. On par with SK at uh, Stafford and Thompson, I believe. Yeah, it is now mostly Stafford. I would say though. Yeah. Um, they said over the uh, in August, there's a long race like a seventy five lap where that's going to be two grand to win. Um, they also have. Mm, that's ads. a little short to me. Yeah, but it's a normal weekly show as well. It is a little short, but I mean. Yeah, but 70, 75 laps, we get paid with 602 cars, 2500 bucks to win, five, uh, 400 to start. Mm. That's, I think, for a 75 lapper for a pro stock, that's a pretty good purse right there. That that would be what they should be targeting, but. Well, they could also whatever. bring in, a, they could also bring an advertiser, so we could see Supplemental that come up. Supplemental sponsorship, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, some kind of stuff like that. They said the, I would love to see them get a little higher, though. All right, they said the late models have seen an increase as well. They usually get eight hundred bucks to win, uh, and it was like a five thousand dollar purse. It's going to be a thousand bucks to win now, um, and the purse is going to be over sixty seven hundred. Uh, sportsmen's were getting paid thirty three seventy five to win. Um, I believe the total purse was only like fifteen hundred bucks, but now, oh, for the I'm sorry. I'm reading this wrong. I think I'm reading the Triple Crown events as the ones that are going to be the ones that are higher paid. Okay, so yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> I was reading the first one was their normal show, and the second one's the Triple Crown race. And then I, I would add in any other. So sorry for that um, screw up there, but that is kind of what it is. I Sorry, I can't read. Are they bolstering the purse through the field or just for the winner? It's, I believe it's through the field as well. Okay. So the sportsmen are like three fifth, three seventy five to win. The triple crown guys are going to get um, five hundred. So three seventy five to win for well, those cars. Three fifty now for us at Thompson. Might be two hundred fifty or two two hundred for Stafford. I would never put a race car on the track for that much. I wish I didn't have to. Uh, let's see. Sport trucks they're going to get three fifty to win as well, and five hundred for set or uh, for. Triple Crown. I'm gonna just that's enough for me. But they're gonna they're increasing it, which is I'm happy they're increasing it. I mean, I hope it sticks around. To be quite honest, because 
Pur- purses across short track racing in general are just low. I agree. Everything keeps increasing in cost, except what goes into our pockets at the end of the night. We're the entertainers. Without us, your racetrack doesn't exist. I'm sorry. So you got to take care of us. Yeah, but short tracks depend on multiple different things for income, and it's mostly front gate, back gate, and advertising. Take care of the racers. You'll get people in the stands. You get people in the stands. You're making money. Yeah, it's just I see a lot of racetracks around here that bring cars but don't get people in the stands. And that's tough for guys to pay out a big purse if you don't have anybody bringing money in the gate. So that's kind of tough. Oh, you got to advertise, too. That's another thing that struggles down here, up there, everywhere. The only place that Josh Veneta had it really going pretty well at Thompson, and Stafford does a pretty good job. But I never heard anything about the bowl down there. I never heard anything about Seekonk. I never heard anything about any track. Thompson, the only time I ever heard about it was when Josh would put something on the radio. Well, visual media is very expensive to advertise on. Print media is basically dead, which is what they used to advertise on. So it's basically come down to radio, and nobody listens to that either. So it's Yeah, but yeah. when I was a kid, my biggest thing was when I was a kid, I'd walk into Advance Auto or whatever it was, Cap or Discount back then. Napa, And yeah. right on the front door, there's a 11 by 17 this weekend, TNT at Thompson, or, or there'd be like, this this much off a ticket if you bring this flyer in. Like, why can't we do that shit anymore? Drop yeah, it a costs a little of, bit of money, but at the end of the day, you're probably going to get a few extra people that you weren't going to get. Go door hanging and put flyers in businesses. Yeah, it's time-consuming, but it does get people... Mail out little flyers. They don't cost that much to do. We do them as a business. Hmm. So, anyway, we could also fill an entire two ser- or two seasons of podcasts with all that stuff. Oh, so yeah. we should just move into Stafford right now because we we'll are. We'll get told we're wrong. Of course we're wrong. We're always told we're wrong. Have we ever been right? <laughs> <laughs> no. It's okay. For all the negative messages I get, I get 10 extra listeners. So that's fine. Keep being negative. Um, I thought Jesse had something queued up for me on that one. No. <laughs> something about haters. Oh, no. I don't. Do we have anything for them? Nah, we'll uh, figure it out. Haters are motivators. They are. But anyway, I don't care about them. So whatever. Um, Stafford results. We should go through these. Anybody watch on Flow Racing? Because I couldn't make it, obviously. I uh, did. I did. It's very hard for me to make it there. It's. Just, I didn't have anything better to do. Yeah. So it's worth the Flow account money. So anyway, we'll go through. First, I'll just go in order from what I watched. I believe it was limited late models that hit the track first. Limited late models, which this division has been growing as well. Yeah, they're just as big as the late models now. They're just actually about, they're bigger I think there than was sixteen of them. They're bigger than Waterford Street Stocks now. Yeah, yeah, they're uh, the, they're bigger than most Waterford divisions. The Stafford oh, late models fair. division has uh, it seems to be quite to be almost intimate as far as the car count is concerned because mm. there's only like fourteen or fifteen of them now. Yeah, but like I said, they're yeah. higher than Waterford right now. So yeah. anyway, Rich Hammond goes two in a row. Car is an absolute rocket. <laughs> Things on <Woo>! rails. <laughs> it was a complete shoe show for a minute there. There were cars wrecking when there weren't even wrecks. Um, <laughs> and then that ended up causing wrecks, if that makes any sense. <laughs> I don't. Go. I don't know what the hell happened there. I, I don't know either. Um, 
was it? I think it, what happened there wasn't Fern part of that, and then uh, Matt Descapini yeah, she, she came to down the track or something. She, well, she got out of shape. There was contact came down the with track. there was contact with Damian Pilardi who again didn't want yeah didn't want to give up uh, three wide on the outside. Which that is kid is dumb. a weapon. In, in turns three and four. You could do that at Thompson. Try to make, try to go three you wide can, on the high side. You can survive a little longer. Let's say you can survive <laughs> a long time three wide on the high side at Thompson. You can't get away with that at Stafford. No, he races Waterford, like anyway. there's an there's a reset button like I racing. Yeah, like That's some good, of the moves yeah. I've seen him do are questionable. Yeah, so he got out of it late, and then the contact sent her down into Rich Hammond, and then uh, Scapini and Ari Jensik were victims of that. I, I don't know how much of that contact made her go that way as much as well it, her it just... started her going towards the wall and then she cranked it hard to the left and then that got the car upset and then yeah. once and then you I start think it was hopping just an around. overreaction or jerked the wheel out of her hands and she had to swap uh, flies I'm, to bring it back I'm thinking it was uh it, I think it was a lot harder contact than what it looked like yeah probably but you know like Brent said, probably wrapped the wheel out of her hands, but there was there was a lot going on there, and it looked like just a complete overreaction by multiple people in that situation. So, all right, so that moved us on to um, can Gary Patnode have any worse luck or what? I mean, he's at Nick Covey level of bad luck. That that guy just about. I don't know what he's got to do right now. He's been in the lead pretty much every single race, all three of them, and he's lost it with. Either uh, getting crashed or uh, malf- or something's going wrong with the car. Oh, you're talking about Gary? Yeah. Oh, okay. Because he broke something broke in the race car when he was leading. Yeah, that happens it's, to him a lot. It's like God Almighty. This year he's had terrible luck. I genuinely hope we're still recording. Anyway, oh. um, Kevin Gambacorda. We'll move on to the late model race. Oh. Uh, Kevin Gambacorda stunk the show up. <laughs> he goes back to back as well. That car I... is amazing in the turns holy crap uh he came from fairly far back to run down and pass tom fern near about the i don't know two-third marker three that car's marker, got a lot of forward bite coming that the thing drives i'm like i'm going to see bob phil i'm bringing my car to him screw it <laughs> he didn't build it so he probably won't want to work on it but um that thing was just amazing this race was also rather clean i guess they got a really decent talking to us so and now they're not going to screw around for two weeks uh, because usually late models put on really heavy contact laden shows, so I'm kind of missing that. But at the same time, I'm like, eh, racing's fine. Yeah, too. come on, Tom Fox, stop telling him to calm down. We want to <laughs> see shit shows. We want to see blood. I, I want to see Adam Gray and Michael Bennett beat the living crap out of each other on the racetrack again. <laughs> we want blood. All right, so that then put the SKs out because this was one of those open modified nights, so they got those guys out of the way quick. They they were rushing this show too. Oh, there was rain it was on the horizon. Crazy how fast they were rolling. Yeah, yeah. victory lane was quick. Had to had to get going. You know. Well, they got coming in. They got pretty much the entire show in for rain. I'll f- clue you in on that later. But uh, looks like Ronnie Williams won that uh, call before you dig open modified eighty one. He the led a battle little- between him and Woody Pitcat was. Oh. That was that really was very good. good. That was a hell of a race. I think he drove Woody a little too cleanly, because uh, according to according to him, you, if you knocked a guy into the wall, that's just fine. Yeah, remember? Yeah, so I mean, I think I was kind of hoping that he would go, "Hey, yeah, obviously there you go, wasn't. slap right in the back end, and then go into the wall." Oh, 
Joey did it. <laughs> Ronnie know. Williams, not a listener of the Making Laps podcast. <laughs> Apparently. Or better not better <laughs> or for him. Just better than all of us combined. <laughs> better for him. Better and, people, yeah. I mean. Uh, uh yeah, right. he, yeah, he took a lot of last year off, so it's been a minute since he's been at Virtue Lane at Stafford. So. Yeah, he did in the open modified race. Yeah. I know Eric Goodale was second for a while when uh, pit stops happened, and uh, they got him off pit road basically last, and it killed his run. He was involved in a wreck, but he still managed to rebound to finish third. So, I feel, Yeah, I felt bad for Eric because he's got a really, really fast car right now, and he just keeps getting his ass bit. I felt bad for a second, but then I didn't. I think he borrowed Ryan Priest's picture. <laughs> I felt bad for a moment, and then I didn't, so I don't care. Okay. Uh, anyway, in the street stock race, which is my favorite every time. Best race of the night. Because it's always best the best race, race of the, of the year, night. man. Absolutely. Street stock race point leader, Bobby Sturk, got taken out early after Johnny Walker pinched a lap car on the bottom and made contact, shooting him up into the nine car, and the nine car cut a tire and spun. That's how I saw it. Wow. There's a lap car four laps into the race. That's bad. Ugh. But they were on the apron. Yeah. To be fair. Was it a rent-a-wreck? I don't remember. No. I don't think no, it was so. A I, I, I think rent a done for right now. Yeah, I think they're taking a break. Yeah. yeah, I know Gary hasn't been doing super, super well, and... Wish him the best right now. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's going to just take some time and get himself in order for a bit. But that's okay. Yeah. So, um, so I, that's how I saw that wreck happening. But uh, this was definitely, like they said before, the race of the night. Because Jason Finkbein and Travis Upside Downey put on it. Yes, I called that back from last year. <laughs> I was waiting for it. Sorry, guy, but I had to. Um, put on an Never ab- gonna lose it. absolute show for the win. Yeah, that was oh, yeah. side by side for a long time. They, like the last 10 laps, they yeah. swapped the lead back and forth four or five times. It was wonderful to watch. They raced hard. They never put a wheel wrong. It was never hard. Touched. It was hard, respectful racing, and I yeah. enjoyed every second of it because it takes way more skill to race somebody for a win than it does to clean them out. Yeah. And you know what? I am now a Finkbein fan. I wasn't because he spun me out, but, I mean, that was a good show. But for a young kid <laughs> like that to come in and just want to race respectfully, I appreciate that because there's so many douchebags that come into these divisions now and just think, oh, I got a front bumper. I can use it. Yeah, I, I respected the hell racing. out of it. That made a fan out of me. I liked that. That was Those great. Those two guys really I appreciate. That was that – was, I think this that's is how you're supposed to do it. Third year in the division, too, right? Yeah. I believe so. Yeah, I think he came up from Waterford. We're talking about Jason Finkbein, by the way, people. Um, and he, I think he came up from Waterford. I think he raced somewhere around like Wednesday night shows. Something. And um, I think he dabbled in other stuff. And then he came, he ended up at Stafford in the street stocks. So, and, and he spun you? Yeah, he door slapped me and sent me into the marbles in turn two because I came from 12th to fourth in five laps. He was. A rookie. <laughs> yeah, he was. He was a rookie. <laughs> it was two years ago. Uh, get over it, Brent God. I'm fine. Let go. I don't care. I wasn't racing no. for points. I was it's having a good time. It's, it's, I didn't get wrecked. I'm fine. Um, And, yeah, Jason Finkbein get, came away with that win by, I forgot what the margin was, but it was Five tight. thousandths yeah, of a point second. Zero zero five. There are pro stock races that aren't that close. No. He, he came no. around him on the top, too, straight. which is really hard to get a, get the top rolling in three and four. Yeah. And Travis 
had every opportunity to just run him up into the weeds, and he held his line and respected him. And, and it that was a right great there finish. was great. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it sucks to lose, and it sucks to finish second in that type of situation. But you know what? I would race next to you any day because of that. Yeah. You know, because if I finished second in that situation, I'd be upset, but I'd go over and high five the guy. Yeah, I'd be like, well, that was a good time, man. Hell yeah. You're buying beers because you won. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> there you go. You're buying me beers because I yeah. didn't clean your ass out. I up. didn't clean you out when I could have. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, kudos to those guys. That was a great race. Let's do it again this week. Oh, um, yeah. so they the, won't. It'll be a shit show. It'll be a shit show now. Yeah, great. All right, so the last race of the, of the night was the SK Lights. Poor SK Lights had to wait well, all we, we night to go We didn't get up, to so. the SK Mods. We did the SK Mods, I think, because... Oh, did I not? No, because Stephen Oh, Kopsik I skipped won. right over Stephen Kopsik winning before the SK81, because I think we got distracted. <laughs> that, there wasn't much exciting about that not race. Not really. Stephen Kopsik led the Lions no, They were share. all pretty well-behaved. It was, it was a pretty good race. Tyler Hines was close after a couple late-race green-white checkers. Kopsik yeah. was able to hold on. It was a decent race. It just wasn't very noteworthy, I'll say. Um, I will owns say Tyler Hines car. I think it's a family car now because he used to be with Petty Cash, but then they put they put somebody who finishes last every week in one cars, and then Brian Narducci's in the other one. So, yeah, we won't talk about that. I, that on. was a shit deal for him to get knocked out of that ride. But, but he had a great run, and I uh, finished second. Keith Rocco was still not a factor with that fifty-seven no, car. No, Tyler Hines was fourth. Troy Tallman was second. Oh, there was a late restart, and I thought he yeah. was still second. Yeah, no, okay. Troy Tomlin started near the front and stayed there, which oh, is not right. an Troy easy did, task. Yeah, Troy did finish second. He had a that's great run. It's not an easy task. That was a very good run. Yeah, Tyler Tomlin. got shuffled on that last restart. Yeah. My bad. Okay, yeah, that's my yeah, fault. That was a very good yeah, Troy, run Troy ran a really, really good race. That it was, was nice to see him race. run up front. He actually, Troy's, Troy's a really respectful racer usually. Yep. So. I, I watched him pull a couple moves where he was in a bad spot and he took himself out of the bad spot even if it was detrimental to him. Like He was big brain racing and it ended up getting him home second so yeah he raced really yeah. smart yeah that was a tough one yeah keith rocco had another rough week just not even a factor for t- the top 20 yeah like, i was gonna say what he hovered around 18th the whole race and he was outside the top 20 second yeah all right it was bad Guys, but i mean you watch the open race and he's around the top five you see you see now yeah, it, it ain't him it's the car i don't know what i up. have an idea you're gonna What's have up? to you're gonna have to really strap in and bear with me on this Okay. All right. I think what happens is, is, is some cars, when you work on them for a long time and you put a lot of hard work and a lot of effort and they build their own little personality, they actually get a soul kind of. They become like self-aware. So okay. it's sentient. Cut it up. It's going to talk soon. Yeah, something like that, but not <laughs> we quite. We can't have this. We, this. I don't think you should cut it up. I think you should give it a facelift. What well, I mean by that is... I it, I know it's got a nice rap from the the Cole Pickle car from Days of Thunder. I thought you were talking about like a Johnny Five situation, like completely sentient, like moving around mm-hmm. on its own. Well, telepathy, I think. Yeah, but yeah, this has got a nice rap on it from from Cole Trickle and Days of Thunder. You know what? Get rid of that rap. Re, just re. I know it doesn't make sense. It's a nice rap. Looks good. Change it. Or just take the body off, swap it with a different one. Change it. Because you know what? There are some things in this universe that I can't explain. I don't have the intelligence for. But I know that I just know they happen. Okay? Put the black and gold together. Put the black and orange together, I mean. 
Whatever you had before. Whatever you had before on there. The the black and the and the, the cherry red. The that worked good. Yeah, that looked pretty good. Put it back to the old colors. It Get rid like, of that green garbage. It don't like it. It don't like it don't want to have the green on green, there. Green doesn't belong on a race car, period. It don't want to have that green on there. Some people have been successful with green race cars. Okay, Harry Gant. There you go. That's one. Yeah, he won one four. Here's races what I'm ones. wondering though. But he can't have that on his race car. You got to get rid of it. I guess it just ain't working, man. So, well, here's what I'm wondering. Keith is now selling TA1 cars to the SK guys. Mm-hmm. I wonder if he just got a shit stack of steel and it's a bad car. Because I think that's a brand new car this year. I may be wrong, but I believe that's one of the house cars, the TA1 cars that he built with Mark Payne in them as be. one of as like a demo car. It very well could be. I don't know. Because he, he sold a bunch of them, and I believe they're all running up front. So, I don't know. It, or he's just trying right. a bunch of stuff, R&D stuff. Or maybe there's just a bad part in there, and they haven't found it yet. That's what you have yeah. customers for. They are the R&D. Yeah. You're the one who's supposed to benefit, Matt Hirschman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. I just it, – it's so strange to see Keith – I mean, Brent, you and I helped Keith with uh, – the late model deal when he drove for Garside. So we know how detail oriented Keith is. Oh yeah. He's super, super smart. He was on the phone with us telling what he wanted in that car and that car unloaded. And he damn near won the feature that night in a car. He never sat in. Yeah. An old outdated left-hander with a yeah, bent so clip. He knows how to make stuff go. So he'll eventually figure it out, but it's just, it's baffling to see him struggle this bad right now. Rewrap the car. I can't explain it, but bad juju. Put a new body I, I have it. said for years, the color of money does not belong on a race car. Every green race car I've ever seen has had bad luck. Yeah, the money's supposed to come out of the car, not stay on it. So, <laughs> all right, we can. Know. Why don't we move on to that SK Light race that I skipped over them for? Uh, old guys outran. I cannot hit oh. straight ball. Straight ball, I hit it very much. <laughs> Curve ball. That's our friend. Fuck you, Joe Boo. Watch your profanity. <laughs> I do it myself. <laughs> Watch your profanity. Hey, there it is. Old guys outran the rain as Chris Matthews, the winningest SK Light driver in the division's history, wins the rain-shortened event for his first victory since, I believe, 2008. Dang, son. Norm Sears also had a strong run, finishing second, and they're going to be pissed. I called them old. No, it was nice to see Norm Sears. It, Norm's a great dude, and he's been kind of struggling since he got into the division, and it's nice to see him finally getting there, getting the solid runs that he deserves. Yep. Yeah, like I, I said. I think he'll click off a win this year if he keeps running like that for sure. Like I said, um, they were racing the rain all night, just running features through the colander here, and eventually caught up with them in the SK Light feature. So that's they did get it past halfway, so they did red checker it after the rain came because they're like, nope, it's late. Yeah, there was no way they were going to start again. Like, we're not restarting this thing. It's all done. Get them out. Get them out. Get them home. We're done here. I don't blame them. So. Five, five divisions got finished in like two and a half hours. Which, to be fair, we went to the Speed Bowl to film the blast off for Sid's view. Again, you can view these. Uh, YouTube.com slash Sid's View. I believe the first video was already uploaded as of record date tonight for the SK71. Um, you'll be proud of me. I actually took notes, and I don't have to rely on Mitch's press release this time, I don't think. I guarantee I missed one. 
And we got some sick drone footage you guys did. Oh, my God. You should have seen these guys. It was wicked. It was crazy. These guys were freaking wicked. The the crowd was like going nuts over these things. They're like pointing them out, and they didn't really crash any. I think one the battery died, and it just kind of landed in the infield. But um, <laughs> otherwise, nobody got hit. Nothing happened. They were great. They were acrobatics. All sorts of interesting footage. Keep an eye out for those. They're going to be fun. But I did manage to watch all the races because I filmed them all for main cam, and uh, I took some notes in between. So, Speed Bowl, blast-off results. They finally got this thing in. I know it's the second week of the year, but yeah, whatever. Mini stock finish from last week. Okay, this is a continuation race. Charlie Canfield and Sam Messick put on a... Or Misick, I can't... I don't want to mispronounce his name. It's probably Messick. Um, put on a great show and a race for the win with Charlie Canfield again. This is another race side-by-side side to the flag. I believe it was like .019 that was the yeah, so- final margin. Like 19,000, something like that, yeah. Yeah, 19 thousandths of a second. Before that, though, <laughs> Tommy Silva and Mark Panaroni had an awesome battle for the lead, but contact sent Mark Panaroni, Mark Macaroni, Pepperoni, Mark, Mark Ravioli, <laughs> s- spinning. That's a callback from last year. I'm glad we could do that again. <laughs> spinning after contact, and uh, Silva, I believe he was penalized for the contact, but he just kind of parked it for the night. I heard that he was parked for the night, but I really don't think you'd park somebody for two races because they made mild contact where somebody spun out and didn't get wrecked. So it's like, I think he just parked it for the night because he was disgusted with the call. Um, But that sucks because that was a great race, but at least we were treated to another great race by, you know, uh, Messick and Canfield. So Legends Cars, here was a good story. Brody Monahan and John O'Sullivan battled for the lead nearly all race long, but no matter how many restarts happened, Monahan was not going to be denied, for, and he picked up his first win at the Speed Bowl and in Legends Cars. Uh, he joined his father and his uncle as Speed Bowl winners. Sid will have to correct me if I missed a family member. Please let me know. I am floundering here. And his mother. I believe Jen's won a powder uh, puff derby. There it is. I knew I was missing one. Family affair. Right. I knew I missed one. Now it's come back to me. I see the picture in my head now. I haven't seen that kid race, but I've heard he races with the same tenacity that Sean does, and that's absolutely awesome. I mean, let's be fair. The kid was on his lid last week in practice, gets back in the car, races the feature that night, runs from the back to the front, gets turned around. This week, he's in victory lane. So, yeah, he ain't afraid of it. That's a good thing. It's just like his old man. So <laughs> that was cool to see. There's a little family history for you. Um, they had a big crowd at the front stretch, and I felt bad for him because, uh, uh, what's his name there? Dave was trying to do the interview, and the PA system wasn't working, and I'm like, that sucks the worst. You get your first win, and the freaking PA is not working. But you know what? Dave was like, I'm not leaving here until I interview this guy. And he's, Dave stood down there trying to get that mic working, and they worked in the bus trying to get that mic working, and they finally did after a few minutes, and they finally got all the interviews in, and they're like, yeah, we're not going to just get, you know skunk this guy's first interview. You can't do that. So they, they you know soldiered through, and they got it done, which is cool. The next race, we were poised to see history because Emma Monahan, her cousin, was Brody, and he'd won the race before. 
Uh, she was poised to join him as another first-time Speed Bowl winner in the Monahan family. But a late-race yellow would essentially send her to the Wolves because it was like seven laps to go. Nobody was catching her. Absolutely nobody was going to catch her if it stayed green. But a yellow came out. And so eventual second-place finisher Todd Taylor made a move to the bottom to take them three wide on the restart. Before the line, putting Monahan in the middle, which I don't like. It tells me he jumped the restart because... Should have been black flagged immediately. The leader is supposed to fire first, and if the leader fires first, how does third place pass somebody when they're not shifting? Uh, Anyway, (laughs) sorry, Todd, but that's just the rules, bro. Um, All right, so I missed where I was in my notes here. So anyway... That put her three wide on the back stretch as well because they didn't call the restart back. And that scenario did not work out well because that squeezed Ed Ryan, who is now on the top side, into the back stretch wall. And that put him up on his left hand side of his truck. So it rolled over onto its side. And he slid down into turn three with the bottom scraping against the wall. Luckily, he didn't go up and over it, a la Timmy Jordan. And um, he just kind of rode the thing out and came to a rest, still on his side in turn three. Luckily, it doesn't look like the truck is too badly damaged. He'll probably be back this week. Um, But anyway, that would give Monaghan the restart back in first because they didn't complete a full lap. Um, Didn't help because now her truck was damaged and it probably knocked the toe out and et cetera, et cetera. But the Wolves overtook her again quickly. The Taylor brothers, Chris and Todd, would battle for the win, and that's how it would finish with Chris Taylor taking down the truck win. Second mini stock race came out next. This one was a lot different. This one strung out quite a bit. I think Mark Panaroni, Macaroni, Ravioli, Pepperoni um, strung it out, stunk up the show. You'd think he started from like the pole. <laughs> it was single file real early. Got kind of boring. It was fun to watch uh, newcomer Sam uh, Sam Messick in the Doug Curry car, who finished second the last race, came from a little bit deeper with the handicap, and uh, he had ended up finishing on the podium twice in one day, which was a very interesting sight. Who who is that kid? Because I've never heard his name until uh, ran X cars for the last couple of years on Wednesday night. Gotcha. Had some success as well, I believe. Clearly, he's a decent little shoe. If he's, yeah, he, uh, and he's able uh, to hop in a mini stock first time in in a mini stock and he's running like this that's that's impressive it is and uh i know he leases that car from doug curry so that's a interesting uh pairing there because doug's cars are very good so oh yeah all right so this brings us to the street stock race oh jesus christ um (laughs) there was like 12 or 13 cars (laughs) you need to just play fatality (laughs) uh Anyway, I, I'm going to start off by saying how disappointed I am <laughs> with what this division has become. Uh, I don't mind the concept of allowing... This is an editorial, by the way. I don't mind the concept of allowing Ford 9-inch rears, but they went too far in allowing floating rears. Yes, I have one, but I do in order to keep up because I had to, but they're much more expensive. So there's added cost there. Uh, I don't mind the idea of jacking bolts up front and relocated shocks, but you put the shock rule at $200, which is way too expensive. 
that's that's late model territory. Even my shocks are one hundred thirty five dollars a fucking piece. The last time I checked, the ACT late models, their shocks were like one hundred and seventy nine dollars. Yeah. So that's too much, and they are adjustable, by the way. Uh, I don't think the eight inch wheel are necessary as well, even if the tires are good. Uh, we had a very short time where cars were very close, and the counts were a lot higher at every track. Uh, now they're all different again, and you're getting 12 cars again. I think, honestly, that Stafford is the only one that's really right on track with these cars, except for yep. tires, but whatever. Anyway, this race, even with, what, 12 or 13 cars, was a mess. Finish him. It was almost 40 minutes for 25 laps. Oh, so it's almost as long as our first segment of the podcast. Correct. <laughs> 40 minutes for 25 <laughs> laps with 13 cars. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think the field got inverted like three or four times because of all the wrecks and spins happening. Uh, we saw Al Stone make a incidental contact with Sean Gadeke very early, sending the nine spinning in front of the field, and cars just started wrecking into it. Stone probably got the worst of it. Um, at some point, we also saw Aaron Plemons break a wheel off in his 67 car, which sent the wheel bounding down the racetrack. Jesus. Uh, he had to be towed in. He didn't crash it. He got towed in. They fixed the thing because I think the center broke out of the wheel. I thought the hub came off, but I yeah. think it was the center that came out. Wow. And they put a new wheel on it, took the hood off, and sent his ass back out there. He was still on the lead lap. The brake rotor was fine no, he, and everything. He I went guess full, so. Bill, wow. full Bill McNeil with no hood. Yeah. Um, Why no hood if you're just changing a wheel? Well, they didn't know if anything else was broken, so they just ripped it off so they could see. It's the easiest way to see. Yeah. And then it's like, I mean, well, we're not going to put it back on. Screw it. Go back out there. <laughs> it takes 10 seconds to put four hood pins back in. When you need 10 seconds, whatever, when they're whatever. closing the gate, you got to send his ass out. You don't know Listen, if they're closing. Listen, if, they if they don't have an official down there watching and know that he's coming out and they close the gate, they're a bunch of fucking idiots. They don't have anyone telling you when they're going green, so they go fast as they possibly can. I they, miss Scott Tapley at all these tracks. He's got too many now. He can't come back. Yeah, he's like thirty-seven different tracks on Saturday. They all pick the all, all the good places picked him up already. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Gee, I wonder why. Yeah, I wonder. Um, let's see here. Thompson regular, Stafford champion, and now Thompson regular, I should say. Zach Robinson had the lead for a while. Uh, his car became a little loose, and he was overtaken late by Gadeke, who'd made his way back up through the field after being spun early. Wheel contact between Robinson because his wheels are wider now. Remember. Between Robinson and Tony Macrino sent three cars spinning off a of turn four. Luckily, nobody wrecked. Uh, and after the restart, Macrino exacted his quote-unquote revenge on Robinson by spinning him out in turn four, which was totally necessary. And he was subsequently disqualified. Eventually, I know I'm glossing over a few little things, but you'll have to watch the damn video. Eventually, Sean Gadeke rallied from that early spin to win his first race in almost four years which was great. They just put a new car together. I'd talked to him and Don, his car owner, before. I think Is that I talked, a brand new car? It, I think he told me it was or it was new to them. Nice. I'm not sure. I didn't really get the specifics, but they said, yeah, we built it to what we wanted. And it looked like it worked out really well. So those John's guys... John's a pretty good driver. Yeah, I, I enjoy watching him race. I've never gotten a race against him, unfortunately, but he seems like he's fairly clean. He doesn't do anything he, stupid. Yeah, he, he's not an idiot out there, and he, I appreciate that. He runs his own race. He's, he's like Ryan Waterman light. He's fast, but doesn't use the bumper. 
as much. <laughs> what? <laughs> anyway, uh, that'll move us into SK Lights. Now, I, I only say that because I know Ryan listens. Yeah, no, we have to get him in here somehow. Um, SK Lights, the racing action was not in short supply. By the way, we just mentioned Ryan, but we didn't mention the fact that he finished third in the street stock race after having the clip off that race car during the week. <laughs> like, he didn't like how that... I know he was driving Bendy X31 at Stafford. He's like, this thing handles like a pig. They took measurements, and they're like, yeah, the clip's junk, so they took it off and, cha- and like, fixed it. <laughs> He's like, Ryan, yeah, there's other stuff that's bent, too, so they cut that apart and fixed it, too. Ryan is super smart. For anyone that doesn't know, that yellow car that, uh, uh, that Troy drives, that was his tour car. Uh, or the yellow chassis that that he drives. They built that car in-house. I believe the red chassis that he's driving now at Thompson, they built that car in-house, and and they're fast. They're BFR copies. I believe BFR may may have done the center on one of them. I don't remember how it all worked out, but they're really, really fast cars. Yeah, I know they built them pretty much from scratch in their own garage, so it's... They're they're very nice and clean cars, so super super nice cars. Yeah. Ryan's a really good fabricator. Yeah, probably a lot better than me with a Harbor Freight welder and no mask that works. Well, his dad was a pretty good, <laughs> pretty good at building cars too. I used to be really good at welding until I got cheap equipment because I have my own stuff now. <laughs> of course, I was using like really nice equipment before, like my dad's Lincoln welder and nice helmets and all this other stuff. Then I buy my own stuff, and it's all Harbor Freight junk, and it's trash. Basically, I, I got it's, the same stuff. It's the good enough to booger it. something together. <laughs> the, the only reason I'm keeping the welder I have is because my dad bought it for me. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm like, ready to... I miss my Miller. I need to do a lot more filming for Sid so that I can get a new welder. <laughs> anyway, um, which I plan on doing. All right, SK Lights back at Waterford here. Racing action was not in short supply as we saw a wide range of talents and experience in this race. Uh, at the end, uh, at the end, experience won out because Tom Abley Jr., who made his return to SK Light Racing this year after a short absence from open wheel racing in general, to win the first two events in the Marvin Racing 07 car. That's a nice new TFR car, I believe. I don't know if it's a Troyer or a. It might be a Troyer. I think it is. Um, but the 32 signs cars are really sharp looking. There is, I was informed of controversy surrounding the finish though. Um, there was a fracas behind the leader where a lot of cars made contact and a few of them spun coming across the line and out of turn four and stuff. And eventually a call was supposedly made, uh, where officials said the 32 of Wayne Burroughs was responsible and sent to the back possibly, but maybe not. Um, I, a lot of people don't agree, and I believe that a final decision is still pending. Uh, I would really need to review all the footage because I am not certain that that was the case that he was at fault. So I would, again, I, I don't know. I, I didn't. The call from to, the bus, throwing them under the bus. So basically, go watch the Sid's view when that comes out and make your own opinion. I can't wait. W- I, I'll just say this: if they, if they're making calls from the bus, they need to stop. You can't make a call from a bus that's set back fifty feet from the racetrack you can't see everything yeah you got to be up high you got to be able if it doesn't come from the turn four or the turn two tower don't call it end of story i don't think that's where it came from but 
because Jesse wasn't there. He doesn't. He's just saying, "Come from the bus," <laughs> so he's getting those people in trouble. I, I'm just saying. I mean, we've had incidents where they've called it from the bus and it's been oh, overturned. I I hear you. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but you know, that's I'm just, just stirring garbage up. I don't have. That's any just not a good point. That's all. We're just stirring the pot. Yeah, I, yeah, I wasn't even there. I was in a truck <laughs> sweating my butt off. So anyway, we moved on to the late model race. Now, this race didn't have a lot of action, but it did have some very decent, clean racing, with most of it being at the front, which was fun. Uh, Ryan Morgan led for a good chunk of the event, but perennial front runner, and I believe sixth on the all-time speedball wins list, Jason Palmer uh, carved his way through the field and wrestled the lead away from uh, Morgan, but he didn't get it easy, and Morgan did not let him go. Uh, Doug Curry had chassis issues, caused him to spin his new late model ride, I think, twice. He was just having a hell of a time. I don't know if something was broken or something, because that thing just would snap around on a mid-corner real bad. Dude, uh, he had a loose nut. Was it behind the wheel? Yeah, but between the driver and the steering wheel. Poor Doug. Ha! <laughs> anyway. Whatever. <laughs> Jesse said it. Hey, I got another nugget for you. Uh, Palmer, one more win, he ties Alan Coates for fifth all-time. Really? Yeah. Well, that's going to happen. There, has there ever that's been a guy impressive. who has quietly racked up wins the way this guy has? Nobody has been this quiet with I've never seen that many seven, races. I've never, yeah, I've never heard of, <laughs> of somebody that's won so many races be this much under the radar. Because we knew I, when yeah, Alan yeah. was winning, because he won everything. Yeah. And this kid's winning right. everything, and we're not even really paying attention. It's like, dude, this guy's winning a ton. How many wins does Palmer have? 80-something? 87. Ooh, damn. Holy shit. Yeah, yeah. 87, man. Because, I mean, I started going to the bowl and helping you guys in 2012, and that was the first time I'd ever been to the bowl and heard of half of these guys. And watching Palmer through the years, he's just steadily consistent. feel like he wins two or three a year, but clearly he wins more than that. Oh, God, yes. Yeah, it's a ton. Yeah, and by the time you came there, he was done with the Legends. I mean, he's got like 53 in the Legends. So. Yeah. Yeah, he's got a ham, just a ton I, of those. My favorite years for, for Palmer was the Palmer-Rocco years when those two were battling every single week yeah. when, when Rocco was in that Fern number one car. That was so much fun to watch. No, you should have you should have been there when it was uh, Alan Coates and Phil Rondo and Corey Hutchings and all those guys in the G-Chassis era. Oh, boy. I, having raced against Corey and knowing his style, I would have loved to see him in a metric car more often. I had heard rumors that Corey was having some health problems and that they are actually clearing up and that he is planning on making possible open, oh. possible open street stock races at the Speed Bowl this year. God, I hope that's true. And I, I, I hope that he's doing better because I love Corey. We've had our issues on track, but Corey's a fantastic dude. That's what I was told by... A relatively solid source from the Speed Bowl, so uh, well, hopefully he's I look doing well. I look forward to seeing him at the racetrack. Yes, uh, that would be great. So anyway, it, it's always exciting with Corey in the field, no matter what division you're racing. Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, again, this caused the, the couple of yellows tighten the field up in the late model race here. Uh, Ray Christian III did not break anything, and he managed to catch the leaders. Uh, making it a strong three-way battle for the lead, but Palmer was just too strong. Uh, he defends his title from last year in the best way possible, winning the first race out. Uh, so that was your top three. Then we moved on to the SK Blastoff event, the 71-lap race. 
Um, we just had the video come out for Sid's view. I don't want to be a spoiler, but um, here's your spoiler alert. People have already watched it by they now. They probably have. This is going to come out tomorrow, so all the new guys already got it. Uh, this race featured the names of Todd Owen, Mike Christopher Jr., Eric Burnt, Timmy Jordan, Andrew Moeller, Dana DiMatteo, and others. Uh, honestly, it was kind of quite boring, if I'm honest. Uh, Eric Burnt and that new 11 car absolutely destroyed everybody, leading every single lap in an absolute rout of the field to claim his first blast-off win since, I want to say, 2002? What, was it Dana DiMatteo or Corey? Oh, who the hell ever. They're DiMatteos. No, it was Dana. And was it? Officially, Rob Janovic led the first lap, just for the record. Yeah, well, when you take the green, that's technically the first lap, and he was the pole sitter. All the other laps that actually counted... Were... No, he was. Uh, <laughs> uh, Burn was the pole sitter, but Janovic got him on the outside in the first lap. Whatever. <laughs> what what car was Dana driving? That's <laughs> he was it's in interesting to me that Dana if you lead was seven, in an SK. If you lead seventy of seventy-one laps, that's every lap. <laughs> I don't care. He won the race. He led every lap. He was in the six car, by the way. Um, I thought it was. I forgot. Shit, I can't remember names. Anyway, Joey Gata. What happened to him? <laughs> I don't think he was there. He runs a six car. Yeah, but I don't think he was. Was he even there? No, probably not. I, I, he I said he was. He said he was running a part time schedule now. I saw on Facebook that he's yeah not running. Jesse was on full-time. Facebook. Poor, poor Adam was there. He was in the oh, spin cycle. Oh, poor Adam. Yeah, he's. They said that they found the right front shock like blew out, so it wasn't doing anything. It was just bouncing. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was told again. I, I know the bouncing feeling. This was not fun. Again, that's what I was told, and I know that they're very important, and yeah, so. No, that doesn't sound like fun. So anyway, so I, was I wrong? I, I wanted to get that info from Sid, if that was his, Eric Burnt's first blast-off win since 2002. What are we putting Sid on I the mean, payroll? I mean, it was kind of like semantics here. It wasn't the blast-off then. It was the Bud Nationals. So, was it the first be... big race of the year, though? I guess I don't know. <clears throat> I'd have to look, but I, I, yeah, it's probably his second opener. I'd have to look, though. Yeah, I, I don't know. So it's pretty well, close. He I... went back to back Bud Nationals. Oh, there there Eric's go. another one that's kind of quiet lately, but he's a badass. Yeah, that new team—they have brand new cars, and they are obviously fast because he smoked everybody. All right, so you want me to go into Seacock results, or do you want me to just kind of start working towards national stuff? Because we're already, like, way too late in this I'll, thing. I'll take care of the national stuff, okay? Uh, I do have a little tidbit about uh, the Seacock stuff. Okay. okay, what's that? Ricky Martin won the truck, the truck race. That's a brand-new Port City chassis. Really? Cool. Yep. So I Radical saw, Rick got a new truck. Yeah, I saw that was posted today that it's a brand-new uh, Port City chassis, and it's... Port City is starting to branch out. They're doing pro truck stuff. They Obviously, they built that truck. I don't know if it's based on a metric chassis or not. It might be because I believe they allow metrics now. Hmm. But uh, Port City is really, because since they bought out Crazy, Crazy Horse up in Maine. Yeah, that's who did it. Uh, yeah, it's Port, Port City stuff's the way to go. If you don't watch Shane Tesh's the setup on uh, on Facebook and YouTube, you should go watch it. Sorry, I'm trying to direct my wife to find something. Yeah, I think I left it in the garage. My bad. <laughs> I just leave things all over the place. What's that, your butt plug? Yes. 
Um, wait, you've got to plug your tailpipes up in your car so the mice don't get in there. Um, Craig Pianca won the sportsman feature. I think it was his second win of the year. I believe Vinny Aragondo won the late model race, and I believe it was a triple crown race. Um, and Tommy Adams won the pro stock race. Yeah, that's pretty cool to see. Tommy Adams is... I've kind of watched him come up through the Seekonk ranks. He's a pretty decent little driver. That's not Dave Darling at all. No, Dave Darling was in the race, but he didn't win, apparently. Yeah, Wait. it's nice to see someone challenged. As much as I like Dave Darling, he's a nice guy. Yeah. I don't want to see him win every week. You can't have somebody win every single week. I think even Dave Darling wouldn't want to see that. He'd probably be embarrassed. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, he'd be like, well, I... Feel like a big fish in a small pond now. Just Crap! Wait too much attention to me. Yeah, she's <laughs> so like the he's like the Brad May of Seacon. Won't yeah. go anywhere else. Screw it! I'm having fun here. Yeah. This is easy for my schedule. Yes, <laughs> I've seen him do can... pretty well in some uh, Granite State races and stuff too. So, absolutely. Anyway, all right, I'm moving on to national stuff because there's way too much to talk about, and we're like I said, this is probably going to be the longest episode that we have. Oh, we're definitely long in the tooth already. Oh, God, yes. All right, I'm going to talk about Indy 500 poll day because that's coming up on next Sunday. Well, actually, that's as true. of record day, it's this upcoming Sunday, uh, May 29th, I believe. Thank God they're not racing on my birthday. <laughs> Any longtime listener of this show yeah. knows that the Indy 500 running on my birthday is not good because that's when the most fatalities yeah, happen. Yeah, that's when everyone dies is yes. on May 30th. Correct. It's not good. Indy 500 poll day happened, though. And this is interesting because Scott Dixon became the fastest pole sitter in Indy 500 history with a four-lap average of over 234 miles an hour. Average. Big balls. Oh, thank you for this music because this is so actual. This is exactly what I want. If anybody grew up in our era and listened to Paul Page open up the Indy 500, they heard this song, yeah. and it was amazing. Yeah, this is this is what got me into video editing. Yes. This, this is what got me thing. into the film industry. Was the Delta Force intros. Yes. Now, this speed and the entire front row became the fastest as well, eclipsing the 1996 front row with an average speed across all three cars of 233.643 miles an hour, beating the old record of 233.233. That's scooting. These guys are going back to like that previous crazy cart pre-1995 speeds. Yeah, nut stuff. Yeah. Um, keep in mind, and I know this was a boat of contention amongst a bunch of DARFs, but the qualifying four-lap average record was in fact set in 1996 by Ari Dyke at 236.986 miles an hour. However, he was not the pole sitter because his time was achieved on second day qualifying and he could not advance into the top 20 regardless of what his time was. So yeah, no, he was not the pole sitter in 1996. That's right. That's yeah. why Scott Dixon is... The fastest pole sitter in Indy 500 history because his actually came on pole day. It'll be the can you imagine going off into the corner at 242 miles an hour? I well, can did, imagine definitely. I can imagine anything. I can't emphasize. Did you, you s- know? I can't. I can't like get there. I can put it in my head, sure. But also, like another very interesting tidbit that I should mention is that Connor Daly recorded the fastest trap speed of any car in Indy 500 
I think, qualifying or practice history because he was over 243 miles an hour going into turn three. That was a tailwind. 243 miles an hour going into turn three. You're pushing 250, for God's sakes. That's nuts. These things are getting it. This is going to be a great race. I was screwing around with these cars on iRacing the other day, and even on there... Like, it's scary fast. Well, yeah. there's a former Formula One driver in this field, and he said that this was the most insane thing that he'd ever done. Oh, Grosjean? Yeah. He said yeah. this was crazy. These more, guys more do this insane all the than time. crawling out of a fire? Oh, his ins- his crash was yeah. even more insane, but, I mean, going 240-something miles an hour into the turn and not lifting? Oh, <laughs> And you get you know these guys well, have good thing to they, know they, how fast they're going. The good thing they sit low in the car because the way that they're going at you know is definitely right on the bottom of the floor pan, so it really helps with the handling. I was gonna say <laughs> maybe when they poop themselves it won't push them up too high and yeah. out of the car. That's what those big side pods are for now. They just stick their balls off into the sides of the car. Oh, they got a part when them. they sit down. They put them off to the left because there's more left side weight over yeah. there. Well, so that's uh, Scott Dixon's fifth pole. It's his fifth Indy 500 pole, I believe, yes. Yeah, he won it from the pole in his only win in 2008. Okay. Uh, the the pole position is the one where drivers have won the most races from. Yes, this is going to be, what, the 107th running? Yeah. And there's uh, been 21 winners from the pole. Yeah. The front Good row boy. is definitely the place to be because Usually, you've got, like, the, I don't know, almost 50 wins from the pole, or the top three uh, starting spots, yeah, I should say. The, the, the primor, uh, Primarily, the winners come from like the first three rows, usually, maybe even first four rows. Um, Did they end up filling the full field, too? Because I know there was some concern for a while they wouldn't have a full field. They did. One card took to is One 33rd. One card did not take time, but it is listed as 33rd. They had 33 okay. entry. I hope there's no music coming after that. Let's just make sure. No. <laughs> okay, there's good. um. Anyway, so yeah, Indy 500 field has been set. I don't believe there's going to be a bump day, which I used to absolutely love watching. I I yeah. miss bump day because the drama that came along with bump day was amazing. They said they're bringing back carb day, but no bump day, I don't think, because they do only th- have 33 yeah. entries. I think you'll see bump day come back in the future. I think just right now with the state of everything. Yeah. I think if IndyCar this sticks, is what it is. if IndyCar sticks with what they've got, then maybe they will in the future. So but to bump the purse up a little bit, it's only yeah. about a million and a half to win this race with Jane March. It's really not Did, much for the biggest race in the world. Yeah. Did you see Sato completely screw up the other? I, I forget who it was, whose qualifying run it was, but he he just brain faded and stayed on the track rather than run the lot the escape road. Oh, I did and not they, see that. No, they dis. They, I think they disallowed his time completely, and I guess he sent like a paragraph apology to the driver that he he screwed their time up. Maybe that was the car that couldn't take time. Maybe I'm not sure, but um, I did I not see remember. that because I I I missed most of qualifying. I saw Jimmy Johnson was about twelfth, which, which is, is a pretty good run for him. It's competitive, like like I said, the first three rows, the four rows primarily is where you're going to find the winners from uh yeah 2012 and through 2016 the uh, closest starting spot where the winner started from was 12th or 11th actually 
eleventh was the closest to the pole. Yeah, they the had those, they went through so, a bunch of years where guys could make it through the field, and then that ended. Yeah, there it, it's not <laughs> it, it's not a death sentence to your chances of winning if you don't qualify in the top twelve or whatever it is. It, it was Marco Andretti's time. It's uh, Jenna Fryer posted on Twitter. Marco Andretti said to Kumasato, whom called, whom he called the nicest guy in the world, sent a paragraph apology just for disturbing his qualifying run. Yeah, he gets it. He just probably missed the turn in and screwed it up, and he just knew it. What are you gonna do? That thing just it that just sucks. happens, you know. And that sucks. Takuma Sato, by the way, two-time Indy 500 winner, I believe. Yeah. yeah, out of nowhere too. The, the first year yeah. he won, no one expected it. 2017 well, and 2020. Well, the, the one where it really got away from him was 2012. That one really yeah. ticks me off. He because, almost had that one because he had it, and Dario Franchi ended up winning it. And then you see Ashley Judd's smug, smiling Ugh, face in Victor God. Leg, and I just hey, I, I love that one because I was always a Franchitti fan. Ugh. I'm a fr- I like Dario Franchi. I like Dario, just not as I don't crazy like his wife. wife. I, oh, I think Dario my. needs to be in the booth for NASCAR races. <laughs> Bring somebody in. Yeah, Dario is fantastic. Yeah, what were you thinking, Dario? He, he can replace uh, real, man. Clint Boyer. Yeah. I think that would be nice. I think Andy Lally should be in the booth. Uh, anyway, we should keep going. With, we'll go back to NASCAR stuff for a minute. Uh, Stuart Friesen won the Texas Truck Series race. Ryan Priest ran this event. He finished third after winning the first two stages, so he had a good night. Uh, the race went fairly clean. Little incident here and there. These things actually put on probably the best racing or passing opportunities of anybody who ever races at Texas, and it still wasn't they, even that great. Because they create such a gigantic wake, and you can draft. Yep, but this track sucks now. Uh, it used to be fun when it was a, a palace of speed before, and now it sucks. Bulldoze it. Try again. And take a mile <laughs> off of the track. Yeah, try it again. So get rid of that corn syrup. Yeah, that shit sucks too. You can't even run Indy cars on it. Yeah, you can only use your track for one thing. You you lost the NASCAR date, and you, now you can't run any Indy car races. Can on you? It. Let's just put our minds back in the teleporter here. Yeah. Think about this. This is going to be sad. This was the track that took Rockingham and North Wilkesboro off the schedule. Yeah, that's a. <laughs> oh, the irony. No, that. and Pikes Peak. Oh, and Pikes Peak, too? And Pikes Peak, because they have the scoreboard from it. Oh, well, they used to. Yeah. Now they have Big Hoss. Yeah. So. Yeah, they took the scoreboard from Pikes Peak. Yeah, yeah. That, that was, too. Yeah. I would love Crazy. to see Pikes Peak come back. That was a great track. Yeah. It's pro- It's basically in the same status as Texas World Speedway was for 40 years. They have it there. It still exists, but they run, like, road racing on it, like well, local road racing. I was going to say, that's better than Texas World Speedway current. Well, like I said, that's what they did with that place for a long time until it finally got bought up by developers. Anyway, um, Xfinity Series race. This was a real mess. <laughs> Tyler Reddick brings Big Machine Racing their first Xfinity Series win. It's nice to see new people in the sport and having success. Uh, they did it in less than 50 races as a team, which was actually quite impressive. Uh, Honestly, I think they could have done it sooner. They probably could have, but uh, they didn't really have that experienced driver behind the wheel to tell them what they yeah, were they and weren't doing, you know, right or wrong. No, nothing against Jade Buford, but he didn't. He doesn't have the experience level to be running in top equipment. No, yet. I I feel like he could figure it out eventually, but he doesn't have what it takes to 
hash out a brand new team and and figure right. it out like Tyler Reddick could. I, I think if Reddick had been in that car from the start, they probably would have won really quick. With I mean, it's it's RCR equipment. Yeah, more than likely because he has ties to a bunch of different teams. This is like the fourth different Xfinity Series team that he's won for, and he hasn't been in it very long. I and mean, he's got championships with two different Xfinity teams. Yeah, in back-to-back years. Yeah. He won for RCR and Junior Motorsports in back-to-back years. So <laughs> Should have stuck him in a colleague car. They would have won the championship for a third year. Yeah, maybe they wouldn't really be so kind of mediocre this year. Um, this one was a mess. There were lots of wrecks. It had at least 12 cautions. Uh, lots of top runners getting taken out or had damage. I saw a few guys fold up their rear clips like a discarded potato chip bag. Uh, I believe, uh, I can't remember the damn name. I'm sorry. Um, nine car there. Noah, Noah. Gregson. I had to th- I had to dig for that oh, one. Gre- Gregson got screwed in that situation because Barry just lost it on the bottom. Yep. And Gre- Gregson was just an in- innocent bystander when the 19 ass packed the 54. <laughs> And sent him into the nine. Yeah. I mean, there was nothing Noah did wrong. Just, yep. He was there. Just All circumstance. Right. Yep. He was running good, too. So, why don't we get into the, the topic at hand here, which is the All Star right. race? Listen, we're an hour 52 in. I'm going to bang this out. All right. Bulletproof. <laughs> Bullet point this because no, you don't no, 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 spend no. a we, lot of time this on this. This is our show. Sucked. We can take as long as we want. No, let me let me just let me just give you let me just tell you what I think about it, especially because it, it checks all the boxes. Okay. This is a race that checks all the boxes okay. for all the wrong reasons. Yeah, I was okay. gonna say which boxes. <laughs> That's right. Number one, they it, they're traveling away from North Carolina. That sucks. Stupid. It sucks. No race, no all star race outside of Charlotte has done any good. Bristol wasn't bad, but it still wasn't great. It wasn't that great. They tried it in Atlanta in the eighties. It didn't work. The second iteration of the all star race doesn't work. Didn't work. They didn't put work. It, they put it right back to Charlotte. Put it back to Charlotte. Stayed there for twenty plus. Bj McLeod has and it made it mandatory. Bj McLeod and Cody Ware have to run this thing. Yes, yeah, so they don't have, have a hope in prayer in making this race, which costs them money. Which NASCAR doesn't care about the little teams. It's an oligarch. It's about the big teams. Blah 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 blah. Right. Well, you okay. don't. I don't think you have to show up for this race. Like you have to for the clash. If I believe if you have a you charter, kinda have you kind of have to. Oh, well, they're char- making you if you have a charter. I believe if yes, you, you want to keep your charter, you have to show up. Yes, you do. Yeah. Stupid. <laughs> yep. Wonderful. Yeah. So there. So there goes that. Uh, yeah. Number three. Uh, all all of the shuffling going on with they the rules and the way that the format is only makes sense to the person that made it it is way too no idea why they did that it's too complicated it's always been too it's been too complicated for a few years nobody new to the sport's going to want to watch that no one i I will say this year's format was simpler than in past years no one it it doesn't make sense to anybody anyway for a casual race fan they don't even know what's going on during a normal no. cup race. I mean, these these formats for years haven't made sense in general, but this year was actually at least <clears throat> a little more understandable. I'll give you guys the rundown. And four. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. And finally, the cherry on top was the was the was the caution few inches before the finish line. That we all know was staged. <laughs> we all know was 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 really too quick on the button. 
because they knew they knew that they wanted to bunch the field up, and if they had a caution, it was going to be quick on that switch. Even the flagman didn't know because he was waving the checker. Right. Well, the flagman doesn't call the caution first Which off, they should. but I will say I will give NASCAR credit. <laughs> Scott Miller owned that shit this morning on Sirius XM. He said straight up, they should have never thrown that caution. It was a mistake. Yeah, but we know why they threw the caution. But but he's <laughs> yeah, never ever <laughs> admitted can... before that they made a mistake. That is the first time I've ever heard Scott Miller come out and publicly say I made a mistake. That's yeah, a but fault. it's not really a mistake if if there's a reason behind why they did it. It's not really a mistake. Right. I mean, it's the car at the back of the pack, not even in the wall. Just sideways, kind yeah. of grazed hey, the wall. Like we said earlier in the show, there are yeah. wheels that could that could fly into the crowd at any moment that are rolling across the infield, could get hit by another car, and could take out a nine year old in the stands. But they're Hot not going to. That's not a NASCAR problem either. That's a pit crew problem. They should throw the caution for that. Right. You throw the caution if there is something, but they it's didn't technically want, debris in the line of travel. They didn't want to intrude on on pit stops. That is manipulation of well, the auto racing event. That is right, that so sports. Hold, hold on a sec, Jesse, because you're talking about the wheel at Kansas a couple years or last year that stopped in the middle of the grass. That's true. Yeah. It was thirty feet from the from the pit road surface and fifty or sixty feet from the racing surface. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. You, a car could spin and hit. I'm, it. I'm just saying you, you're <laughs> you're gonna have to really fuck up to hit that tire, especially because of where it was all the way halfway down pit road. Don't Doesn't care. Matter. So I I every, understand why they wait. Every there. inch of the infield wall is all with soft wall, even yep. if it's even if it's not physically possible. You know why? Because, because things happen. Hit it. I, I don't know. Tell ask Mark Martin about uh, sliding into the the wall. I think it was at California and busting the oil tank, or the time he was at Talladega and ended up in the RV lot. Yeah, well, that was also nineteen ninety three, four. four. I think so, or five. I can't remember. Yeah, no. He sorry. launched over that Armco. If you Straight want through it, if you want to be, if you want to be a reputable sports series, you're going to have to have some consistency. So I don't care if that if that tire mm-hmm. is four inches off of pit off the pit road you call the caution for it yep you, you know when these you problems anyway. didn't happen though when david hoots was in the tower correct because he actually knew what he was doing yep but now you got television and you got sponsors holding hands and making no. love and i, I don't think and, it has to do with anything other than nascar trying to fabricate not even for tv because david hoots wouldn't give a shit about the tv he would call it as it was well, so, why did they manipulate it if someone's not going to make money off of it? Because David Hoots wasn't there. Correct. Right, but you, you make money off of it. That's why they manipulate it. I don't think they made any money off of it. I this don't one. think they made money off of it because it ran late. No, but that's what they want the finish to be tight, and they wanted it to, to, they wanted oh, it to be Oh, you're talking about future ROIs and uh, stuff. It, it doesn't matter. Why bother trying to manipulate the outcome of the event if, if you're not trying to profit from it? I honestly, in this situation, think they just screwed up and honestly screwed up, and that's why they said it. I don't think this was an attempt at manipulation because... Uh, A few inches from the line, bro. So they can get a green-white They literally finished in the order that they they were running anyway. So so Ryan Blaney won for the wrong reasons, though. It doesn't really... 
I don't know. I, I just think I he won for give, the wrong reasons. I honestly should give a rundown in case people don't really exactly know what we're talking about. Uh, anyway, from my notes, I'll say Ryan Blaney wins the worst NASCAR all-star race I've ever seen. <laughs> Kyle, yes. Bush, Kyle Bush led early, lost a right rear through the trioval, and Ross Chastain zigged when he literally should have zagged and ran directly over the top of the wounded 18 car, flying through the air. He thought he was a Chase, watermelon. <laughs> and collecting Chase <laughs> Elliott in the process. Elliott hit hard say, in turn two as well. It was a shitty idea for for him to get out of the groove and go low. He should have stayed high against the wall. But up that area was the racing groove, and I think he was like, okay, I need to get out of the racing groove. I know, but and, you can't cut across in front of think traffic Ross, like that. But I think Ross was thinking he was going to stay in the up high so that he could scoot by on the bottom. Yeah, and he, he literally to- just – he. The leader went, or or second place went by, and then there was a gap, and he just turned left. Yep. So he cut through the field of cars. You he never did, yeah. ever do that. That was a stupid move. Yeah, it really kind of was. I don't. I, mean, I don't think that was a Tony Hirschman call either, because Tony's smarter than that. I, I think you want to get down to the apron as soon as you can, so that you can get out of the racing group. I believe you know? I heard but that's the, kind I'm, of. It's tough when you're at the dog leg where it counts as the apron and the racing groove i believe right, i heard the i heard the spotter tough, man i did hear the spotter call and he did say coming hard here like guys yeah. coming behind you and that yeah i, w- I would have stayed high because to me the racing groove through the trioval or the quad oval is a lot easier to be on the bottom than try and run out against that wall anyway most of the cars were going to the right of him because he moved to the right to the left yeah. now during the race the normal line was apex off the two dog legs drive out to the wall right so basically where ross ended up so blaney led through the last lap and nascar through the caution as he was literally at the legend yeah, at the legends car oval um coming to get the checkers like i said before the flagman was actually throwing the checkered he didn't know what was going on either well, and here's also, I'll stop you real quick. Here's also why I think it was an honest mistake by NASCAR. They had a new set of rules for this race. I think they were they were stopping it thinking, okay, this ends the race, and they didn't realize it's the all-star race. You know what I mean? They're just out because of habit, all, you mean? Exactly. Just out of habit. Yellow they just checker. screwed up. Yeah. They screwed up. They thought the race was going to be over regardless. Finish it. Let's get an ambulance rolling. Make sure everything's good over there even though they didn't need to. But I just think that's why I think it's an honest mistake. If it was a regular race and they just threw that, I agree 100% with Jesse. But because it's a different format and it's not something everyone's used to on a weekly basis, that's easy to screw up. Ricky Stenhouse brushing the wall, his rap was in serious danger there, so they really had to throw the caution for that. I'm sorry, but I I don't think so. I I just... Just trigger finger. They That's wanted. All it is. They were advertised as big whoop de doo million dollars. That wasn't really that big of a deal because you Daytona's five hundred yeah. pays two and a half million mm-hmm. to win. So, <laughs> ooh, the big million dollar prize. Let's have a green white checkered, and no. we'll have a real dash for the cash. Yeah, give That's me a freaking break, this man. This is me off. Is sports the entertainment drivers saying uh, the drivers saying that that a million dollars is not a big deal? Get your entitled asses out of there and let some real racers in those cars because we'll appreciate it. Oh, it is a big deal, but NASCAR is making it a very big deal when, like we said, the Daytona 500 pays two and a half million. And and I get that, but a million dollars is a million dollars. It is. 
Millions oh, are. By, I, the, by the way, um, you know, for an all-star race, is just supposed to show. Oh, yeah. I the mean, best, if the race the was talent, I don't mind the purse. It's great for that short of an event. Yeah, it's a short. It's a short event, so it's going to have a shorter purse, but it's still, you know. I am actually. I am curious, so I am going to look up the poll from Jeff Gluck. Oh boy, we have. Oh a, yeah, it's ninety oh. and eighty-nine to eleven percent. It's it's bad right now. Eighty. It. The what was, are we talking the, about? Was it a good race poll? This is an oh. all. This actually. Yeah, I was just looking at it. This is now an all-time worst. So so Jeff you're Gluck telling poll. me that eighty-nine percent of people thought it was a good race? No. Oh they, wait a minute, that's race. the other way around. Yeah, it's a bad race. Yeah, yeah. It, it went yes, ten point seven percent. Which I saw some of the comments, and they were Ryan Blaney fans who literally admitted to voting yes because Blaney won. And I'm like, that's not how this works, you idiot. <laughs> God, God, no, skewed vote. I mean, he deserved to win, yes, yes. But it's like I said, it's for the wrong reasons because because they wanted to see somebody go off the top rope and then pin Hulk Hogan down to the mat. Oh, wait, Mick. Sorry, wrong sport. No kick out. No kick out. Quick one, two count. (laughs) Quick three count. One, two, three. And then Hulk gets up all pissed off when he loses to the Iron Sheik. Oh, they did that to uh, the Montreal Screwjob there. Watch that Dark Side of the Ring episode. It's great. Quick three count. (laughs) Bam, bam, bam. (laughs) I'm not a wrestling fan. I just like that documentary series. Anyway, uh, yeah, 31,000 plus votes, 89.3%. Negative on the good race poll. That's a new lowest record. That's a lot of hate watches. That's a but if you listen to Marcus Smith, people enjoyed the race. No, they enjoyed watching crashing because they're idiots. No, they were they were all drunk. That too. Yes, I had a great time. Yeah, (laughs) I was drunk last night watching the uh, the Xfinity race. I I had a I had a bad time with that because I played a drinking game. Called every time Joey Logano uh, mentions dirty air, mentions clean air, <laughs> take a drink. Clean air, yeah, that's right. Yeah, boy. is that like is that like the Stafford Speedway Ben Dodge drinking game? Yeah, no doubt about it. <laughs> the tail that wags the dog was <laughs> wagging his tongue. Sorry, <laughs> God. Yeah, you, yeah, that was definitely. <laughs> we I'll, love Ben Dodge, but holy crap, he comes up with some the, the same thing no every doubt. time. Hey, Good no. thing I didn't take a drink that said. You know Joey Logano saying "dirty air" because I'll tell you what I'd be like on my third Dead or fourth alcohol poison. I'd be on my third or fourth liver like Mickey Mantle. You know was you know you would just you would just take out the liver right and then you would put the new liver in and saying all right get another one on deck because this one's hey, already the gone. liver does regenerate it's, it's the only already, organ, it's the only one, part of a human that this really one will. is done just Oof. Jesse's won't it's like making no. an oil change you know oh, Jesse have to, pickled. Yeah, which is weird because I shouldn't be sick. All right, there was an F one race. I don't care. Uh, we're done here. <laughs> Anybody have any final thoughts? Because we I need was gonna to say end there this was an F one race. Yeah, 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 it was Spanish no, Grand Prix at Catalonia. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's too I, late I have this. one thing to say about the F one race. It's Lewis Hamilton lost all my respect. Yeah, yeah, I, I heard all about that. Um, and I don't blame don't, you. What do you do? What do you do? All right, just, don't don't say on lap five you're gonna quit when. We still have the entire tire. race ahead of you. Yeah. He ended up finishing like fifth. Oh, Let's go for tea time. Oh, dear. Yeah, like I said, I'm done I'm here. Let's go change my huggies. I'm done. We This is the longest episode ever. I'm going to go have a biscuit and a beer. Right. Make sure it's, make sure it's piping hot. My, my apologies to the listeners for the length of this episode, but I honestly don't care. We gave you all sorts of good 
content this you know today so whatever i'll just fill this in because we just lost recording so whatever all right so you can find this podcast on every major podcast platform at least the thing ended uh, or stopped recording at some point where we were right at the end so nobody will notice completely they'll know nobody will ever notice yeah they'll never notice uh, you yeah. can find us on Instagram at Making Labs Podcast, Facebook.com slash Making Labs Podcast, YouTube.com slash Sid's View. You can send us feedback to Making Labs Podcast at gmail.com or DM us on any of our social media platforms. Or you can or have leave your, us a voicemail. Yeah. Send us a voicemail. Anchor.fm slash Making Labs. Do a voicemail. It'll be fun. Why is my kid still awake? Why is my kid still awake? It's 10 15 at night. Go to bed. Anyway, he just wanted to finish the show, and we were really long. He just stayed up for it. Anyway, all right. So, boy, real quick, we got to end the show quick. I know he's watching Sid's dog right now, and he's like, a doggy. All right, come here, boy. Quick. Do the, do the you thing. Whistle at him like a dog. <laughs> how do we do it nice? Keep No, how do we do it nice? Three times, just three strikes. Nice out. and clear. Keep the nurse down, Sid. Thank you for listening. All right, he finally has teeth growing back, so his voice is going to start changing in a while. So, best friends that anybody could have. We're the three best friends that anybody could have. We're the three best friends that anybody could have, and we'll never, ever, 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 ever leave each other. If you let this go, I will end the show with it. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>